This is Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Here's Johnny. Oh, wait, what do you want? You want? Hey, motherfucker. You never go ask them out. Now what is so damn funny? And here we go. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. Force will be with you. Always. But the truth! You can't handle the truth! What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to episode 18 of the Fanboys Anonymous Movie Club. Yes, we're changing it up a little bit here. It's no longer the four real movie club because we decided that we want to make this a little bit more flexible. But we're still going to do four movies this month, so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, it, from now on, it is going to be referred to as the Fanboys Anonymous Movie Club, and that means that we're going to be able to do some different episodes where we decide to do maybe three, maybe we'll do five, maybe we'll do ten. Maybe we'll just do two. Depends on how long these movies are, and it depends on the subject matter and all that other kind of stuff. But before we get into an explanation of what we're talking about for today, I need to just go around the table here and introduce everybody. You're listening right now to the host of the panel, Tony Mango. Hello, everybody. I am Tony Mango, and I am joined by Chris of the Days Man Days. Hi, everybody. It's fantastic. I get to drink since I'm not hosting. <laughs> Let me just take a drink here. All right. Drink anyway. Fuck those rules. <laughs> I'm drinking alcohol. It's going to be a fun one, guys. I'm drinking Powerade. <laughs> really I drink thing. water exclusively. Sorry, I jumped the gun. Drinking water exclusively, we have Eddie Segura. Yeah. It's healthy. See? Cool. And what are you drinking right now, Brianna? G- Gaten? Gaten? Yeah, Gaten. Gaten. Um, actually, when he said that he had a drink, I ran to my kitchen and... I have a bottle of tequila, so this is going to be like drunk history for me. She's winning. I don't have tequila, I have beer. (laughs) Tequila wins, yes. You guys all would have been terrible in high school. (laughs) So that's actually what we're going to be talking about. It's back to school time right now, September, you know, everybody's getting into the swing of that kind of environment, so we figured... Let's make a movie club about that, and we decided to pick four different high school films that didn't follow exactly the same pattern, because there's only a couple ways that you can make a high school movie. You could either do, like, the comedy kind of thing, like an American Pie. You can do something like, you know, the real high school so difficult and I'm full of emotions type of thing. You can do what we're going to talk about in the first one, which is like, oh, i got to save these kids. <laughs> But they all basically boil down to high school's hard. <laughs> so what we wanted to do is we wanted to take a couple different types of ones instead of just doing, you know, 21 Jump Street and then the, like four or five or three or whatever comedies. Let's get a wide variety here. So the ones that we do have ahead of you are Dangerous Minds, 10 Things I Hate About You, Mean Girls, and The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I'm going to start off with Dangerous Minds, 1995 drama film directed by John N. Smith. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer film, one of those things where it was like a pet project that they came across a book that it was based on, which is My Posse Don't Do Homework by uh, (laughs) retired U.S. Marine Luann Johnson, who's the main (laughs) character of the whole thing. And the basic overall story is that Michelle Pfeiffer's character, who is Luann Johnson, the one who wrote the book, is a Marine who gets a divorce and decides she wants to be a teacher and she gets 
the worst luck in the world where she gets put in like the terrible district in California. It's uh Carlmont high school in Belmont. No idea where the hell that is, but essentially it's just filled with a bunch of delinquent kids. And that's one of these stereotypical, uh, stereotypical films where it's like the teacher's got to change these kids around and, you know, save them from themselves and that kind of stuff. A uh, little insight on the ratings for the film. It ended up getting a 29% on the tomato meter and Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience score significantly higher, 64%. Uh, what did you guys think about Dangerous Minds? What was your first impression of it? Let's start off with Dace. So I'm going to be completely honest with I'm. This is why I host most of the time. I watch Stand and Deliver, which <laughs> is essentially the same thing except with, like, Latins in eastern L.A. rather than Belmont. And uh, he's just trying to teach him academics. So if it's anything like uh, Dangerous Minds, uh, the movie was great. It's the, it's the novel. What was that Hillary Swank movie that was the same thing, too? Uh, Stand By Me. I don't know. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't that her, that, that pudgy kid when she was young? Yeah, <laughs> yeah wasn't she? Truffle Shuffle. Didn't this she used to be Jerry O'Connell? <laughs> Oh, I want to watch Stand By Me again. I want yeah. to say, we'll have to do a retro, like, uh, <laughs> do it again, kind of for real or something like that. The four real, do, four do, real greatest hits. <laughs> do these hold up movies. And we could do the uh, One Crazy Summer again. That was great. <laughs> Maybe um, this time I'll get through it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm just bullshitting because I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your first thoughts on, uh, what was it? Stand and deliver. Stand and deliver. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part was when Robin Williams asked the kids to get on the desk and just start reciting <laughs> poems. I think Cartman was there, and he was trying to help yeah. them take the How do I teach these cheat kids? <laughs> That's basically, I think that line's from Stand and Deliver, so, woo, Lou Diamond Phillips. Definitely wasn't from Dangerous Minds, because she was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might like that movie better. Damn. Maybe. Uh, Eddie, what's your first thoughts on Dangerous Minds? I'm old. Don't you feel it? <laughs> Yeah, dude, I swear to God, I was 12 when that movie came out, and uh, Gangsta's Paradise was all over the radio. And everybody was always like, no, 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 no. And then it's like, we spend the most our lives living in the Gangsta's Paradise. And I was like, where's, like, I was like, where are all the rock bands all of a sudden? And it was like Snoop Dogg and all the rap and hip hop. And I'm like, and there was one thing that, besides the music, that came along, and it was that movie all everywhere, all the time. Like Dangerous Minds, Dangerous Minds, oh, the big hit movie of the season or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, I don't care. I ended up watching it like five years later or something. And I got to say, it, 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 it's, I just, I saw it as like this kind of like a commercial attempt to sort of uh, display, you know, the rougher side of uh, my, the, the minority culture in America. Cause up until then, it was just like, you know, like white America mostly. And all of a sudden, hip hop went onto the mainstream and, one of the main reasons to make this movie was just kind of like, oh, let's see what we can do with this. <laughs> I don't even know if there was a like, book. Eh, let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's just my perception of it. I didn't even research to know if there was a book written beforehand or not. I think it was the movie Stand and Deliver that came out before. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> sure it wasn't Stand <laughs> By Me. It, it might have been I mean, that as well. All right. No, based on my posse, don't do homework, right? Yeah, that's the name of the book. <laughs> okay. Sure. Okay. I'm sure it. I mean, it was piggyback riding on the whole hip hop scene exploding. Um, I mean, I have nothing against it so far. Brianna, what were your first thoughts? 
Uh, my first thoughts were I probably should have watched Stand and Deliver. Because <laughs> I and have such was, influence. This yes. is great. <laughs> I'm going to have to go watch that now because I can watch a Robin Williams movie. I. Oh, he's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in it. Nope, not at all. It's, I thought uh, you said earlier Robin Williams was in it. Oops. I may have cross reference with Dead Poet Society. Oh. And so, Jack. And Jack. dropped a little bit for me. I'll still watch it. Now, this movie is, is boring. It felt like it was overdone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just that southern accent because Michelle Pfeiffer had this horrible southern accent the entire time. It just kept... It's just like nails on a chalk. <laughs> you know? Jesus. <laughs> I actually do have a note down because uh, obviously when we're going through these movies, you know, it's it's good to like take notes and stuff like that. But I have a note that specifically says her accent comes and goes. <laughs> yeah. Couple yeah. scenes, she's just kind of like, you know, but but you you're gonna die. <laughs> and then some other scenes, she's just kind of like, hey guys, I'm Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very like rushed film. Um, it, you could tell that it, it really wasn't like this thing that they were like a priority, you know, like a, like a Forrest Gump where they're like, let's put a whole lot into this or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's why they got the reaction that it did from the critics and stuff like that. It's not widely considered a great film, but weird about it. It ended up spinning off into a, a TV show. I saw that. Yeah. They, they took a book, made a movie out of it. And then they made a year long TV show with Annie Potts playing the Michelle Pfeiffer character. So, like, they really got their money's worth out of this movie. At the well, very least, there was a demographic, man. Yeah. At the very least, Coolio owes this movie because one of the biggest parts about this whole thing is just the song Gangsta's Paradise. Totally. Totally. Dude, it was like every day there was no way to avoid it. It was like at least, no matter what you were doing, you could stay at home. Somehow that song would appear now, at I least three love, times a day. I love that song. Me too. I, I mean, fuck it, right? Me too, but like, it's so know, catchy. it was all over the place. And actually, the first CD I ever bought was Bad Hair Day from Weird Al <laughs> because <laughs> of uh, Amish Paradise. It's fucking One it. of his greatest songs. Yeah, it's fantastic. I've got like remixes of Gangsta's Paradise and stuff like that. Like, I'm the, the worst person in the world. If you look at this, the people in this film, I'm the opposite of what somebody should be singing Gangsta's Paradise. Wait, <laughs> Yeah, but that's a song that... I don't even remember this song. You don't? It was like in five times in the movie. In the the movie, but before this, I never really before. Oh, it was huge back then. I mean, that was like... You go back to like the the mid-90s range, that probably ended up being like the top of the charts for that year. Yeah, this is what, 95? I don't yeah, think my mom allowed me to listen to music back then. So <laughs> I missed it. Those were I had some big finger quotes or um, air bunnies going on. Wasn't allowed. Tony and I were pretty badass first and second graders listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest part is my favorite line in the whole thing from when I was a kid, and even like to this day, is like one of the tamest lines. It's "What's going on in the kitchen?" <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so weird listening to that song now when he says, I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? And I'm like, I'm 28. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Like, I feel so old, like like we were saying, watching this now. It's so dated, ridiculously. And it's not just the fact that, like, half of the students are dressed like Coolio or 
that like you know it's all in the same aspect ratio that we're not used to anymore because everything's widescreen now or whatever like that but random scenes they would just pop up with gangsta's paradise and just hit you over the head with it they're heavy on that i counted at least four times in the movie that it pops up opening credits end credits and then like two random parts but uh Another side thing about the music is the people that did the score, Wendy and Lisa, and you might not recognize their names. I don't really recognize them for a whole lot of things, but I do recognize them from one thing, Heroes. Like the show? Yeah. What? Love that show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come again? Say when, it again? When I'm watching the opening credits on this and it says music by Wendy and Lisa, I was just like, is that the people from, no, that can't be the Heroes people. And I had to double check on IMDb and I'm just like, holy fuck. The ah is like playing in my head right now, and I'm looking for eclipses outside the window. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to realize that back then, like, uh, the budget for music production was so low that, like, you think, okay, they just go for cliche stuff. Maybe and that's why they repeated that same song five times. Yeah. They didn't have the yeah, budget. Yeah, no, really, that's exactly it. And because uh, uh, actually pulling off a good soundtrack is actually quite expensive. Dazed and Confused, you know, that movie with, uh, I think, Matthew McConaughey is in it or something. Uh, half the budget went to the soundtrack. Damn. Yeah. It is expensive. It's licensed. And just a, speaking of music, uh, Gangsta's Paradise topped the radio charts only for one week in That's 1995. It? Yeah. Bullshit. It was there all the time, but it didn't top for more than a week. Oh, is that like one of those Amish. number two forever kind of things? Yeah, sort of. It was like number five, number eight, number ten, number three, stuff like that. That's Madonna's Take a Bow was the top charting song of, the, of 1995. And she's still going. Damn it. And where's Coolio? He Dude, he's getting high in like movie. South Beach or something. Yeah, he acts now. Really? I have a friend who actually oh, ran into him. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, here it goes. <laughs> he just we'll take a picture do, and that's it. We'll have to do a TV club thing and just do Kenan and Kel. So let's go through some of the casting here. What did you guys think of Michelle Pfeiffer playing the lead character? She's awful. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it didn't bother me. I mean, I, I, I didn't really care. I suppose it wasn't that it wasn't the movie that that was too credible to begin with. I mean, it's kind of like they tried, I guess, to make this sort of a dramatic kind of atmosphere going on, but it didn't feel that way. See, I didn't buy into her being somebody that was in the military because she acts like a pushover for most of the film. Maybe she was like doing like paperwork. <laughs> She's like, I was a U.S. Marine. You don't know <laughs> yeah. how many red marks I saw all over the place when it came to my pen. <laughs> she doesn't even act like a Marine throughout the movie. Not really. No. You would think that she'd be like really tough on the kids or like... um I don't know, have like a stronger backbone. She wore dresses. Never seen a Marine in a dress. Or even enjoy dresses. But then yeah, she you think she'd be like, like, like borderline, like kind of like lesbo, like sporting a beard kind of thing, you know? <laughs> That's well, just my did. vision that of like super tough military women. I, I don't know. I kind of got a little bit of a vibe that maybe she was going that route. Like she divorced from her husband who was abusive. They dropped that bomb like in the middle of nowhere and doesn't like flirt with anybody really well, in the poster she kind of looks like Caitlyn Jenner so I could see where she comes off yeah. a little bit mannish <laughs> she does look like Caitlyn Jenner wow 
right? Yeah. So at it. It was her first time work, walking in heels. So it, it's really a, this movie predicted Caitlyn Jenner's sex change twenty years ago, <laughs> and now Caitlyn Jenner is going to go teach some kids in Harlem. What the hell's Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> on a bunch of conspiracy websites now. You don't remember uh, when Caitlyn Jenner was at the Olympics and? <laughs> Yeah. Decided, oh, that hey, explains it. That's why I don't know. Hang on. I want Caitlin. boobs to play with all the time, so she got boobs. <laughs> you mean? Oh, uh, you mean Bruce? Yeah. Who is this Bruce you speak of? Isn't, I know. It, it, isn't this like one of the Kardashian mm. dad something or something? Oh, he's like a Kardashian now. <laughs> no, I swear to God, he looks like that Kardashian dude I saw him with all that one time I saw the show. Yeah, yeah that's him. <laughs> looks the same. What did you guys think of the fat friend uh, teacher? Well, Chris Farley was great. I, I really miss – I love his work. Um, and they just did that documentary on him, and he was fantastic. I mean, he was a great school bus driver. And he, he got a little frantic at the end and uh, wanted to tip the bus off a cliff. But, you know, he was a great actor. <laughs> Billy Madison's such a better movie. <laughs> it really is. I mean, at least there's a lot of movies that could be better movies than this. Uh, come on, chill. Okay, when are you guys gonna give the score? I want to see if you guys are gonna really gonna bash it that much. I am sorry. Try to give it something. Like, high you're gonna cause... go for a teacher movie. What's that movie with Cameron Diaz? It was teacher. Oh God. Yes, I like that movie a lot better. I know that the TV show was a bad show. Oh, I never watched the TV show. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> that and the spinoff that they did it was like Bad Lawyer or something. Bad Judge. I think it's Bad Judge. I don't know. I didn't like either of them. Um, the notes that I had down for Hal Griffith is the character's name, played by George Dunza. George Costanza's playing Hal Jordan. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the notes that I have written down for him is, fat guy friend equals kind of jerk. Hitting her in the head with the ball for a pep talk is funny. Smoking, calling people idiots... Do I really like this guy? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh. So apparently throughout this film, I was just kind of like, this guy's an ass, but he's funny. <laughs> but a lot of these characters, they all kind of blended into me. Like, um, you know, especially like there's only a couple students that they give some kind of a focal point to, like Rico Suave. Oh, okay. And uh, Callie, who looks like Coolio. Wait, and- <laughs> they really named a character Rico Suave? No, his name's oh, Emilio. Okay. <laughs> like Emilio, Emilio Ramirez, but he's totally Rico Suave. Emilio, like that's Emilio. the one that died. Yeah, apparently the actor. I know died, there was like, a guy in my class called time. Emilio. Like, was he, he was totally like blonde. He totally blonde from Seattle, from uh, Detroit. I don't know what the hell's up with that. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, uh, he was Rico Suave, and uh, there's um, Raúl. The one who Raul. does the whole, um, I want the chicken. Raul. <laughs> a $200 coat guy. You know, like you have to kind of like say the couple of parts that they are specifically in to be like, oh, that guy. You know, because yeah. they all sort of blended in together. Like, I can't even remember the, the other person's name. The mom takes him away from school. Let's call it Tito. I see Tito on IMDb. Oh, no, that's oh, shit. I'm still on standard tour. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I thought I actually switched over to the other movie. I think his name starts with a G, this character, and I can't fucking find it anywhere, so it's probably not. Guacamole? Yeah, it might be guacamole. We're going to call him Guac. Hey, Guac! <laughs> what up, dog? Did you get your math homework done? 
No. There's yeah, a Cornelius in here? I don't remember a Cornelius. I really feel like I have to watch Fight Club. Now. You're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> we have to do Fight Club on a movie club and not talk about it. Yeah, we can't talk about it. Just go, all right, part two of the movie club, it's going to be Fight Club. Can't talk about it, so part three is going <laughs> to Is it Gizmaro? Gizmaro. Gus? Yeah, maybe. Because there's a Gus Morrow Rivera, and uh, I feel like they made that up. Gus Morrow. Yeah. Man, it's like they've asked a white guy to come up with really Spanish names for this, and they It failed. really is. <laughs> yeah. Darrell Brent, uh, Brent Benton. Darrell, that's the character I'm thinking of. Totally Cal- doesn't have a G in his name. Oh, wait, it does, because he's Richard Grant. I'll give myself credit check, for check, that. Check this out. Check this out. Deshonda Carter as Tanya Kia. Tanyekia. Hang on. T-A-N-Y-E-K-I-A. Yeah. Isn't that a country somewhere? Inventor of Kia? No, you're thinking of Tanzania. <laughs> and, Ken- and Kenya. Yeah, so you're right. They probably got like names in a hat and cut them in half and then like just picked them out. It does seem like it's written by somebody who's not of any kind of like Hispanic background. Yeah, it's just probably like... There's a, there's a Russian guy here. Ivan Sergei as Juero. <laughs> like, it's funny. He's, he's not, like, Latino at all. Ronald Bass. Is I'm going to look and picture of the guy who wrote it. Nine. Yeah, he's probably white. Let's see. Oh, he Those has no white boys. Who did the uh, screenplay for that? Ronald it's... Bass. Ronald Bass. He's known for Entrapment, Rain Man, and My Best Friend's Wedding. So oh, his good work uh, didn't what the come fuck? Until Rain Man and My Best Friend's Wedding? What the hell is wrong with the world nowadays? He's clearly qualified for a Latino film. <laughs> That's what I think. Somebody needs to write about the struggles of the Hispanic community in California. I go, yeah, you know that Dustin Hoffman movie? <laughs> yeah, didn't that so, win an Oscar? We should totally get that guy. You wrote Sleeping hey, hey, check with it the out. Dude, dude. Desire Galvez as Taiwana. Like, the, he totally got names of countries, I swear. He like, did. That's what it sounds like. It's going to be like Ramon something or other as Germania. <laughs> Englandia. His original ideas for Speedy Gonzalez <laughs> shit got shot down. Like, dude, no, okay, now you just crossed the line. You're pulling from Looney Tunes. Okay. I also have another note about a character that I forgot to bring up that I don't know the name of the character, so it could be any kind of country for all we know. But I li- have him listed as Random Dancing Candy Guy. What? Do you guys what? know that part of the film where um, she's handing out the candy bars to whoever gets the credit, like uh, the c- question correctly, and then he, at the end, they're like, we want you to stay, and he just kind of stands up and he's just kind of like, we got candy bars, and he's just like, oh yeah, like fucking all super happy about it. <laughs> just like, this guy's awesome. <laughs> and that must, totally be, not that to be, must be Lalo. Ismael Archuleta as Lalo. L-A-L-O. Lelo, Lelo, Lelo. I sing a lot when I don't host. Oh, here's here's what's funny. Here's what's really funny though. There's an actress's name. Her name is actually like a region. It's Asia Minor. As Pam. Oh wow, that's funny. That is really funny. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys can tell that we didn't really, really like this movie. <laughs> no, hang on. Hey, you didn't ask us to rate it yet. Yeah. Not yet. I was going to get to uh, that in about two more segments. But, um, 
when it comes to a movie like this, if you were going to, you know, separate the fact that you watched it and what your rating is, if somebody approached you and they said, there's a movie about somebody who is going to try to teach a bunch of troubled kids, is that something that stands out to you or is that already like against the grain and not something that I'm really interested in? Brianna, what do you think? Is that something that you would be like, oh, I might check out that film? No, not these days, no. Because I think it's overdone. I mean, like, I just watched an inspirational teacher movie the other day, and it was horrible. And this one was horrible, too. So, it's just, they're completely overdone. What about but you, But I Eddie? think this one might have come first, since it's, what, 15, 20, 10 years? 10 years ago? 20. 20? I think Stan came up first. I think that's like 89 or something. Well, here's the thing. Um, yeah, it's back then it was a market that wasn't really, really, really explored. Right. And uh, like I said, I think the, the, the matter is the hip hop was really, really starting to like, seep into the, the, the white boy world. You know, like you have kids that like totally have nothing to do with that kind of background. Just listening to the Gangsta's Paradise because it was such a catchy tune. And uh, they already had some uh, hood movies. They were really respectable, actually. Um, I would consider Jungle Fever one of those. Uh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah. And uh, there must be another one. Uh, I, I slipping my mind, but um, but this is this is still one of those, you know. And back then, like if it wasn't like an A-list Hollywood movie, production was kind of lousy, no matter what. And the production just wasn't that good. But I'll tell you what, it really, as I was watching this movie. It just makes me mad at the whole, you know, social circumstance. And then you see the, you know, when she, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, whatever her name is, Lou Ann Johnson, goes to the, the kid's house. And then her mom's like, oh, you want to teach him all about the education? Them boys got to get a job and all that. You know, like, I get it. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of cheesy to watch it, but it, it really got me going. You know, I don't know if it was, I was just feeling like more susceptible to just whatever I'm watching. You know, I was like, I'll just kind of like sleepy, but awake at the same time so it really got to me um this is why i think the movie has its merits when it came out it really was one of the first of its kind base what would you give uh stand and deliver out of a 10 <laughs> and well, what are your I, favorite and least favorite parts back to the point that you guys talked about a little bit i would honestly watch this movie if and only if you based it about 50 years before Phantom Menace, and Yoda's trying to teach a bunch of younglings. He goes, how do I teach these children? Oh, see, he wouldn't say that. He'd be like, teach these children, how do I? Yes, with like a Latino Back. accent. Teach these children, how would I? He's got a churro in one hand, and he should be trying to keep <laughs> these kids away from Darth Plagueis the Wise, because he's still alive in that time frame, because, you know, Palpatine has killed him yet. So I would buy into the whole uh, thing with that. Based on what I've put together in this past 20 minutes we've been talking about this, I would give it a 10. A movie with Robin Williams and Chris Farley talking to these kids in eastern L.A. is phenomenal. And, and it really hits candy home. guy. <laughs> and random dancing candy, candy guy. So to me, this is, this is clearly a 10. But if I had watched the movie or based it off IMDb, it'd be a 6.4. <laughs> Are we giving scores already? Shit, I didn't give mine. High point is... Um, I didn't watch it, and low point is the poster for it, because that does not sell. Uh, you mean angry, pissed off Michelle it, Pfeiffer doesn't make you want to go, oh man, I really gotta see this movie. Actually, looking <laughs> at that poster, it makes me want to watch the Olympics, because I get the Caitlyn Jenner feel. So, <laughs> I'm 
Brianna, what are your favorite, least favorite parts and your uh, score from 1 to 10? Okay, no favorite parts. Least favorite <laughs> parts is the entire thing because of that accent. And uh, I'm going to give it a 2.5. It wasn't a 2, but I'm going to be nice and give it a 0.5. Eddie, what about you? Uh, I will give it a 7, and this is purely because of when it came out. Uh, the high point, I'd say, is just, I think it delivers the story. And the low point is just, despite delivering the story, I think the production and screenplay was kind of lousy. Let me just say something. I have nothing against any of the actors, even Michelle Pfeiffer. Because sometimes, you know what, it's it's bad directing like they just want to get through with it and they don't correct the actors and stuff like that you know so you got to think it, about that a lot is it safe to say that you're not all about that bass <laughs> yeah I yeah would. you could say that you, you could say i wouldn't drop the bass right nice nice so looking okay. on wikipedia right now i just over you know like scanning it and stuff like that noticed a little part that says andy garcia filmed scenes as michelle pfeiffer's love interest before uh but they cut that from the movie Oh, that would have made it a little bit better. Yeah. And that would have dispelled the rumors that she went into, like, the the lesbian mode, like we were saying before. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Of course, you got to say that out there now. Um, I got to say, favorite scene, I don't think I have a favorite scene, but if it counts, Gangsta's Paradise. (laughs) I just like that fucking song. So there you go. That's the best part of the movie. (laughs) Least favorite scene, the ending. It's so bland, and when she stays, it just kind of, like, ends. There's no resolution. Like, you don't get to know whether or not these kids actually graduated. Rico Suave gets killed, and they're just kind of like, oh, this sucks. But it's, you know, uh, time heals all wounds. (laughs) It's not a big fan. You keep saying Rico Suave, and I keep thinking the Weird Al song. Taco Grande. I don't know why. And see, every time I think of Rico Suave, I think of Horatio Sands. And every time you mention Phantom Menace, I just think uh, that, what's that Weird Al song? Uh, American Fry? I mean, wait. The Saga Begins? Saga Begins. My, my, this American. No, my, yeah. my, this your Anakin guy. He later may be Vader, but he, now he's just a small fry. Something like that. <laughs> That's a good song, too. Yeah. Like, every time I think of Phantom Menace, I think of the Weird Al video. Yes. We'll, do for, we'll do a movie club of uh, UHF. Weird Al. Yeah, UHF. There we go. That. And I Spy Hard. I have something to add on to my little comment. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I watched this movie, and it was kind of the same premises, but it was called Sex Ed, and it had that boy from The Sixth Sense, that little boy, Haley Joel Osment or whatever. So he was teaching all these inner school kids, you know, about sex ed and how <laughs> see horny they shouldn't procreate. <laughs> And this probably would have been better with these kids. I mean, if they're stupid and annoying and, you know, obviously dumb, then maybe they should learn about sex ed instead of all this <laughs> other stuff that they, as they say throughout the movie, isn't going to help them. At least Callie should, since she got knocked up. Yes. So that's what I kept thinking of whenever I watched the movie, that maybe they should have a different class instead of, you know, literature or whatever. Teach them about the birds and the bees. And to not kill people. Yes. Oh, yeah, that too. But, you know, as long as they're not spreading their horrible gene pool into the this horrible world, which is which they say like <laughs> ten times, this is an awful world, this is a horrible world. 
Brianna would totally be the administration in this movie that are just kind of like, fuck these kids. <laughs> and, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way because, you know, you can't help where what town you grow up in, but whatever. That's I'm, all I had to add to it. I'm going to have to give this a little bit higher than what you gave it, but a little bit lower than Eddie. I'm going to give it a four out of ten. And it's a lot lower than I did. Don't say a little. That's a lot lower. It's three points. Shut yeah, up. <laughs> I couldn't even really break it up to a five. It's just, you know, it's just not a really good film. I can't recommend it. It's not on the list of if we do a movie club uh, best of hits kind of thing. We're not going to be talking about Dangerous Minds. It's not the worst but film that I we've know, seen I know. out it's of just this. Historical no, value. I'm- I mean, there's a little, but I get it. I get your score. Yeah. You know, I if I go the rest of my life and I never watch it again, because I did watch this before when I was a kid, and I didn't remember all that much about it. Especially didn't remember Random Dancing Candy Guy. But uh, <laughs> I'd be okay with this being the second and last time I watch this movie. You know? But hey, I mean, like I said, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 29, and the audience gave it a 64. So, you know, regular public likes the movie more than the critics do. And we're a little bit harsh on it, but we're part of that 29%. Uh, that's part one of episode 18 that we're on right now and we've got three more movies coming your way so next part we're going to talk about 10 things I hate about you if you're on iTunes and Stitcher you don't have to do anything because we will just be right back in a second but if you're on YouTube then you got to do a little bit more work you got to click on that next video and we will see you in part two 10 things I hate about you coming up right now Welcome back, everybody. We are on part two of this edition of the Movie Club podcast. We're talking about high school films. We just got done talking about Dangerous Minds, and now we're going to move on to something that is a lot more preferable, 10 Things I Hate About You. It's a 1999 film that is based off of The Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. So it's not uh, My Homies Don't Do Homework or whatever it was. (laughs) we got a much better starting point to go from here. Starring Julia Stiles, Heath, uh, Heath Ledger, Heath, I don't know why I said that, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Larissa Olenek? Olenek. It's Olenek? Olenek. Wasn't uh, that Alex Mack? Yeah. It is. <laughs> we've got uh, David Krumholtz. I think this is the second film that we've done on the movie club that he's been in, because he was in uh, Santa Claus, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, he was. He was uh, like, Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. yeah, he was the best part of that movie. And... Really uh, basically, the point of the whole film is essentially the Taming of the Shrew kind of thing, if you're unfamiliar with that. boils down to Heath Ledger is the bad boy. He's been hired by, uh, you know, the jock douchebag kind of guy in the school to start dating Julia Stiles' character because her sister, Larissa Olenek, I'm going to mess that up so many times on this, is the one that he's looking after, she can't date unless Julia Stiles is dating, blah, 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 blah. We go around in a circle and stuff like that. And it's all just mind games and stuff like that. But, uh, first impressions, what did you guys think of 10 things I hate about you Dace? See, I think the thing that's missed the most in this movie is the subtlety that is, this is the origin story for the Joker. He tried to chase a woman (laughs) who drove him nuts to the point where he self mutilation Went crazy and then tried to burn down Gotham. Now, love the movie. <laughs> is it about the Heath Ledger one? Because funny part yep. in this movie, they do say, "Well, she's got a picture of Jared Leto." Ooh, that's what drove him nuts. He, <laughs> he knew saw. it was going to happen. 
he saw it coming that Jared Leto was going to take the part. Yeah, and he was just kind of so, like, fuck. I think it's safe to say, and you heard it here first, Julia Stiles killed Heath Ledger. <laughs> wow, that's that, that's got YouTube, uh, like, suing defamation. all over place. Yeah. We're only three minutes into the second part, people. It is all downhill from here. Love the movie. <laughs> Brianna, your thoughts on 10 Things I Hate About You? Okay, out of all four of the movies, this one was my absolute favorite. And it's not because I have sentimental attachments to the movie because I was in love with Heath Ledger from the time I was like 10 until he died. So you're like uber pissed that Julia Stiles killed him. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. That's going to be like lawsuit right there. This, this, this program in no way uh, and or persons like allegedly for real, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly uh, killed him. Sustainably. Uh, you know? Well, if you're listening, Julia, hi. Uh, give me a call. We do a show Wednesday nights on MegapowersRadio.com. Would love for you to call in and tell me how much of an asshole I am. Okay. Going Chris on. Chris Dace. That's Chris Dace, by the way. So you, you had an uh, unhealthy obsession for Heath Ledger? I had an unhealthy obsession with Heath Ledger. Plus, Tell you us know, more. This m- do what? Tell us more. About my unhealthy obsession? Sure. Did you kill him? No. <laughs> Lawsuit. <laughs> but you know, this movie is based on um, a William Shakespeare play. So it, it was already going in with like a really awesome story anyway. Because, you know, it's already got that um, that proven uh, character arc in it. So it was. I thought it was really good. And it was funny. Especially the uh, porn star uh, or porn... Uh, no, wait, hold on. The what, teacher- did you watch the right movie? <laughs> it's 10 things i really love about you it's the tequila um the the principal she's like writing a a porn novel she's writing erotica oh yeah the uh the guidance counselor yes oh it's not the principal no she's just the guidance counselor yeah whatever (laughs) so i thought that was funny and then plus um it's got those i don't know it's just something that my entire life you always quote this movie. You know, it's always got something on it. Like that part where he says, my insurance doesn't cover PMS. <laughs> I mean, that's just something that me and my friends have always quoted. Just, you know, just randomly about things, not a car accident or anything. But I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was good. And the acting was really good, too. Because you can't go wrong with Heath Ledger. Eddie, what were your first thoughts? Yeah, that's true. You know, the acting was pretty solid. I thought the cast was good, but the movie was totally silly. Like, you can't take it. I mean, it's not. It's not a serious movie at all. At no point whatsoever. It's kind of sarc. It's over the top, sarcastic, but it's super entertaining. I was totally entertained by it. Uh, I saw it like quite some time ago, like ten years ago, more or less, and it was cool, dude. I I, I dug the movie. I dug it a lot too. I actually think that this is probably my favorite of the bunch. And I was surprised because it was the type of movie that I've seen, you know, bits and pieces of here and there. And obviously I had heard about it before because you can't, like, not have heard of this movie. But I never thought that I would like it. And I always kind of put it aside and I was just like, well, you know, that'll be one of those things that I watch, I don't like. And then somebody will be talking about how much they love it and I'll go like, yeah, 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 I didn't see it. You know, that kind (laughs) of a thing. But pleasantly surprised. And I liked it at the very beginning of it all the way through like the first couple minutes I was just like you know I'm digging this and it never steered me wrong 
Um, before we get into the casting, let's just talk about some general stuff here. Uh, who was your favorite character of the whole thing? Oh, me? Anybody. Oh, uh, uh, go, Brianna. Um, I don't know. I really liked Andrew Keegan's character, Joey Donner, the, uh, the bad guy. Not the bad guy, but the villain. Stuck up guy, the model. Yeah. <laughs> the I evil dude. Nose job tomorrow, or nose ad. Not a nose job. I got a blow job tomorrow. Well, that was kind of the point of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I thought he was really funny. Um, and then, um, I don't know. I can't really pick a favorite. He's just, I thought I liked him. Base, who was your favorite character? I love Larry Miller. He's in everything, and he's the same character in everything, and I love him <laughs> for the character that he does. He's a dick, sometimes a weasel. Uh, so he won my heart. And plus, you know, the Joker. The Joker's phenomenal. Nightwing, and eh, he's grow up. <laughs> See, now, I gotta say, my favorite character was the teacher. He was awesome. He didn't take shit from anybody. Julia Stiles is just kind of like, I'd like to volunteer. And he's like, get the fuck in the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was really a good idea what you just said. I like the assignment. Get out of here. Go to the office. <laughs> I thought that was fucking great. I loved him. He was amazing. Uh, I have a note down here that says... Um, the scene where they're talking about Brianna. No, my... screw you. I want to. I want to get to tell what you. My favorite character is. Did you? I thought you said nope. Brianna. <laughs> oh, I, oh, oh, shit. Wait, is that a character in there? Was he talking about? Did, that? I, did I waste? Did I waste? Did I waste my turn on Brianna? You did. You did. Oh man. <laughs> All right, tell me anyway. <laughs> okay, it's David Krumholtz's character, Michael Eklund, because he looks like a young George Costanza. <laughs> Wait, which one? The uh, friend that. It hangs around with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh yes, he looks. I mean, he's just George Costanza when he was like eighteen or something. It's hilarious, even the way he talks sometimes. Oh, he talks so Jewish too. He like ramp uh, amps up the Jewish factor. <laughs> totally, it's amazing. I do like Crumholtz. I think he's good in like almost everything I've seen him in. But otherwise, yeah, he's later kicked ass. But I have a note down about the Brianna thing. They're like, oh, everybody loves Brianna. You know, she's and just Bianca? amazing and stuff. Bianca, Bianca? that's what it is. Yeah, no, Brianna. Oh, you, you said Brianna. it's been. No, it is Bianca. That's what it is. I don't know why I'm thinking Brianna. Did you oh, say Brianna? Shit, is that what show. it is? No, I said Brianna. Like, uh, you want to go? As in, do you want to go, Brianna? Like, your turn. I do want to go. Yeah. Wow, I'm just you threw me all off with that. Whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> Bianca. Okay, we're Bianca. back to the. That I remember. Thing. I remember specifically Bianca because there was a chick I wanted to bang in high school called Bianca. <laughs> it's like uh, the mouse from the Rescuers, Bianca. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long. I don't remember that. The of course, I didn't remember that her name was Bianca, and I kept getting your name mixed up with it. But <laughs> I don't but, even know how I know that. It just came to me. But the Bianca character, now that I'm saying it correctly, uh, they say like everybody loves her and whatever like that, and I was just kind of like, oh, we'll see. And the note that I wrote down was, all right, kind of love her at first sight too, but then she opens her mouth, becomes a bitch, and then it takes a while for me to uh, like her again. At the I end of the movie, her. I do like her, but... She plays up the bitchy part, and at that point, I was just like, I don't think I'm going to like this character. <laughs> but uh, Olenek is somebody that I've always thought was really cute, so they started off good there. But what was weird is um, Julia Stiles, I don't know if you guys feel the same way about it as I do. I thought it was weird that there was a part in there where they were saying, like, they would rather date a sheep. Like, Julia Stiles is still good looking. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't bitch, get it. Like, like, I mean, maybe not like the hottest chick on the planet, but she's definitely like above average. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like you know, it, like I don't know, like movies don't have to have supermodels all the time, you know. And she's totally like, I think she's hotter because she's not like the perfect supermodel type, you know. I think she looks better with glasses. Well, I'm a glasses. Kind of hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat, man. You know, she's got like an alien face going on when they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a note down here. The uh, character that she is in there totally would like Sylvia Plath. Bell Jar sucks. <laughs> I hated that crap. I never read it in high school. I didn't refuse to. I can't stand Sylvia Plath. And really, the people that Julia Stiles plays, you know, the stereotype of, can't stand them. Hate those people. You guys feel the same way, or are you like, oh, those people are amazing? They should totally stick like- their head in up. No? Too soon? They should what? Totally stick their head in an oven. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know if it was too soon. Got silent. I was like, oh, God. I know it happened like 20 years ago. Way more than 20 years ago. Oh, bad. <laughs> Math. It's turned into drunk history. So it's Sylvia Plath in 1754. Stuck her head in an oven. Because ovens were invented. And died. Burbed a dragon. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? That was uh, history. I'm, I'm, got, I just, I just didn't want to lesson. say anything. <laughs> you got a history lesson. Um, Robin Williams. <laughs> Let's see here. I got a note about the stereotypes were fun. The beginning of this, which actually made me appreciate another thing that happens in one of my favorite comedies of all time, not another teen movie. Anytime I watch these movies that I haven't seen before, pick out a couple more jokes that I'm like, oh, they were making fun of that. That's fucking fantastic. The beginning of this where Crumholtz is going through and introducing everybody to Joseph Gordon-Levitt and he's just kind of like, well, those are, you know, the jocks and those are the stoners and like that kind of thing. I'm like, ah, oh, this is the beginning of another team movie when they're going through this. Fucking amazing. Uh, I love the parody of uh, when Chris Evans is singing Janie's Got a Gun. Yeah, that Which too. From this, yeah. I love that. Which that was a cool scene. I like that. Here's what's, here's what's weird. I, uh, I obtained a, uh, a copy of the movie. And I remember, like, back in the day when I watched it, it was Janie's Got a Gun, but I got a copy of the movie that is not Janie's Got a Gun. Well, no, I mean, it, this movie, it's uh, something... God, I can't think of the fucking song. Chris Evans sang Janie's Got a Gun and not another team movie. Yeah. In 10 Things I Hate About You, I think he's singing some Tom Jones shit or something. I don't know. Maybe it was Luda. It's probably Luda. No, but it, maybe, yeah, maybe I got it confused with another movie as well. But I remember Janie's Got a Gun. For some reason, in this movie, when I started watching it again, I was like, isn't this where Heath Ledger sings Janie's Got a Gun or something? Yeah, you're probably mixing it up with not another team movie because that's the part where it's like, you got to sing a song that has her name in it. And she's Janie. Janie's Got a okay. Gun. And then the cops yeah. come after okay. her. She's got a gun. <laughs> yeah, it's Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. The, yeah, that's Ledger. it. By the artist known as Ludacris. It's phenomenal. Anybody know for sure if that's actually Heath Ledger singing or not? It sounds like him. Could be. Because he was Could pretty be. good. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> Did I just go crazy? Or is that somebody else? I oh, heard that was, that was Eddie. Okay. Because I, I really we thought we were, and we're like doing Tron now. Welcome to the Four Wheel Movie or the Movie Club. I don't know where we are. Tron. Tron. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. Yeah, Eddie's a little bit uh, transformery right now. Hopefully that'll fix itself out. Rangers! Rangers! (laughs) Well, there's a lot of teenagers with attitude in this movie. 
Uh, so what else about the music I wrote down here? The 90s is dated through the music and some of the style, like the, the way that they dress and stuff like that. But I thought that it was going to be a little bit more dated than it was. I mean, this is 1999. So obviously there are some things that like, you know, they're not carrying around cell phones the same as we do now. But it really kind of still plays to modern audiences. So I like that a lot. I appreciated that. Boring ass yeah, movie was... that cell phones just sitting there playing Candy Crush. Texting each other. Yeah. <laughs> A tweet about that guy's ass. <laughs> uh, let's continue on with the casting stuff here. Anybody else get the feeling that Gabrielle Union's character was there entirely just to end up uh, with Rico Suave at the end? Now I'm bringing another Rico <laughs> Suave back. <laughs> Is that the only Latin name you know? <laughs> <laughs> Joey Donner. I, I could make up a bunch of things about uh, different countries. There you go. <laughs> Joey Donner. Joey Donner, yeah. Alright, so Rico Donner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got that impression that like the very beginning when they were introducing the characters and going through this, and I'm like, Gabrielle Union's not doing much here. She's gonna end up with that dude at the end. I know it. I don't know. I kinda felt like Gabrielle Union, her character was there to maybe make Bianca not look as stuck up and airheady. Is that a word, airheady? Sure. No. It is now. <laughs> it is now. Airheady. I'm just going to throw out there, they didn't have any black people, so... Gabrielle Union. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Why, that's why they had her there. They needed one. She's the token black. Yeah, it was the teacher. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that guy. But he had a minor role, so, like, the friends, they were all white, white, nerdy people running around. Oh, you gotta paint stuff. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> they Somehow they were able to play archery. Yeah, who the fuck does that in high school? I've never seen a high school where you could shoot things. Yeah, and Joey no, could just walk around, do whatever. Me, you know, hang on, people ask me sometimes, like, in America, do people really do all that stuff in high school? Like, they have, like, driving lessons and archery and fencing and all that stuff. I'm like, uh... No, you get yelled I'm at. not sure. The, you get yelled at if you throw the dodgeball too fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> you a bow and arrow. No, that's bullshit. No, I'm dead serious. Like, you get too rough in gym. Like, oh, you're, I'll see you after school for being a rough... Yeah, I never took gym in high school. You didn't take gym in high school? No. Why? Lucky. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. What? No way. I loved it. Uh, that... See, I hated it. I'm like, I gotta get changed for this. Like, I'm not learning anything. I hated having it at first period and then smelling the rest of the day because we didn't have showers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that sucked. Yeah. And getting well, changed in front of the other people that smell ten times worse. I didn't care. Somebody about to see my dick. <laughs> hey, I went to high school. I went to high school in. Uh, here comes another another lawsuit. I went to high school in France, dude. And that really smelled. <laughs> <laughs> smelled like no, what? dude. I'm serious, man. Once I remember, there was one kid that was really late for uh, gym class. This is before the class started, mind you. Uh, cool. Like the teacher was like just talking to us about like, oh, so in basketball you got to do this and that. So beware of the formations and all that. And I'm like. Okay, whatever. I'm just, I'm sitting way in the back of the bleachers, huh? Like way in the back. Everybody's kind of like spread out. And then this kid comes running all the way from across the gym. I'm like, oh man, I'm so sorry I'm late. He arrives and I swear like three seconds after he arrives and he sits down, I, there's this terrible stench I have never smelled again. <laughs> it was so bad. Like it just, it, it, it was sour. It was like a sour smell. Does it taste like, in your mouth? Like you just, yeah. It was borderline. It was borderline. Like you could, t- you, you could taste the fat. Cells, yeah. you know, like that kid tastes like, like a five-day-old hoagie. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, I, dude, it was bad. It was really bad. 
So what are some of your favorite parts of this film that uh, we haven't touched on yet? We're not wrapping this up yet, but um, yeah, I, I keep bringing out some stuff from my notes. Anything that you guys wrote down that stood out as like, oh, this part was really funny or like, uh, you know, that was really odd or really liked how they did that, et cetera, et cetera. I liked the variety of classes like we were just touching on it because it seemed like they had most schools have what, nine periods, maybe eight periods. They seemed to have 15 different classes every other day. So they were talking like science and then they're talking in ceramics and then they're shooting people with bows and arrows. Right. I thought it was great. Yeah. And I just, I thought it was funny how many different freaking classes they had and they never learned a damn thing. <laughs> that was a pretty awesome looking school. Like that scene when he's singing to her and they have the, that huge stadium that's made all out of stone. Like, that's 10 times the size of my high school stadium or football stadium. And it wasn't even that nice. I thought it was a pretty school. I also like the paintball scene. So who doesn't want to run around with a gun and shoot their friends? Now it actually was filmed at a high school. So was it? Yeah. Hmm. What, did, it, did they say which kind of high school? Because that's where I'm going to take my kids. If I have kids, legally. it is stadium high school in uh, Tacoma, Washington. Okay, I'm not moving out there. Like it's a it's a preppy, preppy it's a preppy high school. Yeah, there's sure. no way how I'm moving out to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's pretty in Washington. It is, but don't stay. First place of grunge, man, grunge. grunge. And Starbucks. Oh, let's talk about that real quick. And there boing. was a lot of focus on that band that popped up. Am I supposed to know who the hell they are? I think it's some indie, or what do they call it? A uh, angry girl indie music. Angsty. Yeah. I don't know. I I didn't like them. That was probably like one of my least favorite parts. I forgot it was, about it. Was a, it was a weird soundtrack. It was a weird soundtrack for sure. Definitely not as cool as uh, Gangsta's Paradise. Uh, <laughs> if you put that in this movie, the, the one the one song soundtrack, the one song soundtrack. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there's nothing. There's no, I didn't find anything remarkable about the soundtrack. I think it fits the movie and all. I especially like the sexy boy scene uh, with um, the the uh, air. It's a French band. Uh, and that they throw the flyers down the stairs, and it's like, sexy boy, like it was just if it was weird, but it just kind of fit somehow. Oh yeah, now I know what scene you're talking about. That was kind of cool. Yeah, when you, yeah, and uh, that was the only one that really like really fit. But the rest is kind of background. There's nothing catchy. There's no cool song. It's just a bunch of. It's because of Julia Stiles' character also. She's very like, oh, I only listen to like bands that haven't sold more than like 2,000 records because they're too mainstream, stuff like that. And only on vinyl. And a hipper kind of like, I only listen to like chick bands and stuff. So, yeah. The more we talk about Julia Stiles, I hate her. Aww. <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least the character, not hers. Uh, she's like, there the you character. go. Yeah. She was the, such a hipster. Yeah. Yeah, it was annoying. Like, oh, why, why don't we do anything about Sylvia Plath or Maria, whatever, or Constance Steffens or whatever? <laughs> like, I'd like, shut up. You're okay. You're a dyke. I get it. Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> edit. Yeah, edit disclaimer this. there. Edit. Uh, I no, can no. listen. Tony, no, I'm so sorry, man. I, this may or may not, uh, I mean, hang on. Disclaimer, <laughs> this. Shit. Let's put it this way. Those... That's not an anti-lesbian thing. You're making fun no, no, of it. No, no, dude, dude, I swear to God, like, 
uh, I worked uh, at a festival last week. The best band had a lesbian uh, lead singer. She's awesome. <laughs> You're just there's, making no fun. There's, no there's no backtracking. Just plow through oh, Trump. Man, stick to your guns. She full lesbo. Am I still tr- am I still troning? <laughs> troning? No, no. I called you Trump. Okay. Uh, I had a scene written down here that stood out to me that I liked a lot. That probably wouldn't be brought up a whole lot, but I thought it was a good moment that they kind of subverted the genre where they're looking at each other on the swing. It's all like you've got nice eyes, and then she throws up. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> wouldn't it's all it... happen to us at least once, right? Right. You you know you're in the moment. It's all romantic and stuff, and then it's just kind of like somebody comes along and interrupts it, or like um, you really got to pee. Yeah, like something weird happens. It's not just movie magic and whatever like that. So I like that because it, it could have been a perfect time where they would have been like, and then we kiss, and then it's amazing, and then we start dating. And instead, it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's like, good. She would throw up. She drank her ass off. So I like that a lot. Uh, a little random note that I also read about the end of the movie, the ending crane shot where it's the two of them kissing. In the background of it, two people are fighting. <laughs> I did not notice that. <laughs> just the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, if I'm remembering correctly, two people are just kind of, like, scuffling. <laughs> like, I don't know if they, that was something where they told them, like, yeah, just do something, and they're like, let's fight. <laughs> uh, let's see, some other notes that I've written down here. It only took one take for them to do that scene where she's reading the poem. Oh, I heard about that, yeah. And she wasn't supposed to cry. That wasn't planned. So I like that. That was a nice little touch. Anybody ever watch the TV show? Because this had a TV show based off of it as well. No. Just like Gangsta's Paradise. I mean, what's the name of the movie? Dangerous Minds. <laughs> if there was a TV show of Gangsta's Paradise, I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd really want to figure out is, what's man. going on in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, the only person who reprised their character was Larry Miller. He's Everybody the man. Yeah, everybody else was recast because they were big enough names, and Larry Miller was just kind of like, I'm in everything, so I'll do this too. Really? Because, like, I haven't seen Alex Mack on anything. Like, no, I, she's kind she of a standout. Yeah. She should have been chomping at the bit to be on the fucking show. Styles got a huge boost in her career, though. Ledger, of course, did. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fucking, like, the man now. Mm-hmm. Gabrielle Union's a much bigger He's star now. He's fucking the man? Come again? He's totally fucking the man. Yeah, he did. Even Kyle Cease. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. And he's just Bogey Lowenstein. Bogey, Bogey, yeah, Joe. Bogey, anyway. I mean, I guess the screenwriter. I want to know how they came up with that name. Bogey. Bogey. I don't know how came up with Taiwana. <laughs> yeah, they looked at a country. <laughs> so, if we go through this, uh, before we give our little scores here, the Rotten Tomato... Rankings, it's a 61 and a 69. Seems like critics and audience really Sexy. agree on this. Stace, 0 to 10, favorite scenes, least favorite scenes? Uh, favorite scene has to be him singing. Least favorite scene has to be... Anytime Julia Stiles talked about something stupid. Uh, writing... I'm going to have to go... I gave 6.4 based on I have to be on the last movie that they didn't watch, so I'm going to give this an 8. Brianna? Um, my favorite scene, I also liked the the song scene, because I liked the scenery. And plus, I thought it was original. Um, my least favorite, I don't think I have one, because I like the whole movie. I've seen it like 
two dozen times at least. And anytime it's on TV, it's one of those things that you'll watch every time it's on TV. Um, I'm going to give it a 10. Ooh. Yeah. Because it goes with 10 things I hate about you. Yes. That's more aesthetically pleasing there. (laughs) No, I really like it. I've always liked this movie. So, yeah, a 10. Ding, ding, ding. Eddie? Um, I'll give it a six and a half, maybe seven. <gasps> I'll give it a seven because it was a good movie. Like, it was really entertaining, but it was just absolutely silly. And the thing that saves it is, um, is really the, I like the actors. I like Julia Stiles. I like Heath Ledger. I like Joseph. Hang on. His name's complicated. Joseph Gordon Levitt and, uh, Larissa Olenek, Larry Miller. I, I think everybody kind of fit. The cast was good. Um, and it was just entertaining. Just I can't stress that enough. Uh, my high point of the movie was probably when Heath Ledger gets the drill and he just drills the <laughs> the French book because that was just ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, he's badass. All right, he's cool. I know and, there's no uh, safety. My least favorite. My least favorite is just sometimes it just got way too over the top. Like what? Like you know the instruct. I mean the teachers hit with a, with an arrow. And that's all it is. Like, oh, the guy's like just there on the ground, like flailing and nobody's doing anything except I'm like, oh, okay, he's Bye. hurt. Yeah, like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm like, things like that kind of ruined the movie. I mean, ruined the, you know, the fact that it could have been better. I'm going to have to give this an eight. I really like this a lot. I think it's going to be one of those things that like Brianna was saying where if it's on TV, I'll just kind of keep it on. I do that a lot with The Breakfast Club. And that was going to be one of these ones that we were going to do, but kind of figured out we might do something else in the future, like a John Hughes thing or something instead. But, uh, yeah, I really liked it a lot. I think I'm going to probably like it more the second time I watch it, too. So, a lot of good points for that. And I don't know about my least favorite part. Probably would have to be... Mm, No, see, I don't want to lean towards that either. Maybe there's something in the beginning that when they're setting up Kat's character, it might have, like, thrown me off or something. I can't remember a specific, but I would see it being that. And my favorite part of the movie, I liked pretty much anything that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was doing. I think that he was spot on the entire time, and I thought it was actually kind of interesting, too, that his name in the movie is Cameron James. Little James Cameron. Little reference there. But Heath Ledger, every time he's on the screen, he's great. Uh... David Krumholtz, we were talking about, you know, when he's playing up the William Shakespeare thing, that's funny. So, I just, I, you know, I like the whole thing and stuff like that, so I don't have a favorite scene, or at least favorite scene, I'm just going to do that out there, throw that out. Um, good marks for this one. We're going to continue on here, part three, with Mean Girls. Follow along with what I said earlier, if you're on iTunes and Stitcher, just sit back and relax, and we'll be right back, and if you're on YouTube, click on the next part. Or click back if you haven't checked out Dangerous Minds and didn't get some of the jokes that we were making in this part. So, Mean Girls, part three, coming up next. We'll see you there. Welcome back to part three of the movie club. We are continuing on about the high school films that we have with Mean Girls, 2004 comedy that most people should probably recognize now that we're getting sort of closer to what the modern uh, age brackets and stuff are. This film is also based on a book. All four of these movies are based off of books. We didn't plan that. Uh, it's based off of Queen Bees and Wannabes. Although not really 100% because it's more so Tina Fey was like, hey, I read that book. Let's make a whole bunch of funny things about high school. 
This is really a Tina Fey-driven vehicle, and of course, you've got your SNL elements in there. Lorne Michaels is a producer. You've got Amy Poehler in the film, Anna Gasteyer, and... Uh, Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, yeah. Um, the reason why one of the characters was cast, Jonathan Bennett, is apparently because Tina Fey was reminded of Jimmy Fallon when they were looking at him. Like, there's a, a big SNL stamp on this, and that's either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your perspective of that kind of thing. So, uh, Mean Girls is something that actually has a higher rating Rotten Tomatoes score than anything else that we've got. It's well, actually, phenomenal. Actually, you know what? No, Perks has a better one overall. But uh, it is an 85 for the critics and a 66 for the audience. What do you guys think? What was your first impressions of Mean Girls? I'm going to twist this around a little bit. Eddie? Uh, kind of... Uh... I saw the cast and I was like, well, Lindsay Lohan. So I was like, yeah, it, it's a chick flick. That was my first impression. Totally. Brianna? That's it. Okay. So when this movie came out, I'm pretty sure I was like a senior in high school or something like that. But I remember liking it a lot. But then again, when I was 18, I liked a lot of stupid things <laughs> that I will not name. But when I rewatched it, I think it was two days ago or a couple days ago, rewatched it. And it was just so, I don't know, Tina Fey, whenever I watch anything that she's in, her comedy is just so unrealistic, I guess. It's the only way I can put it. I mean, it was entertaining, but it, unlike 10 things I hate about you, I could not, I couldn't identify with any of the high school problems. Like, Oh no, you've got this issue. Well, who cares? I don't know. I just, I didn't like it as much, but it was just kind of in the middle, I guess. Days. Yeah, I was a big fan of 30 Rock and Parks and Rec, which are heavily influenced by Amy Poehler's Parks and Rec, Tina Fey's 30 Rock, and I'm absolutely in love with Lacey. So when I first picked up this movie, yes, I bought it, I, um... Didn't tell anyone, because I did feel like this is not a movie that a man should have in his collection. <laughs> and then after watching it, I am proud to say that I love this movie. Because these women are hot. Oh, and yeah, That's pretty much it. They're hot. And it's funny. Cause I, I will refrain I was, from opinion, giving an opinion on that. So. I just I assumed I was going to watch this for eye candy and then actually laughed. So I liked it. Now I'm going to piggyback off of what you just said. I have a note. These women are fucking gorgeous, except Lizzie Kaplan. Yes. She looks Which terrible in this movie. The lesbian. Was that? She was the best friend, the real dark-haired, uh, bitchy one who's... Uh, it's a her and the, the gay oh, guy. Oh, Janice. There we go. Candace? Yeah. That's her name? I can't remember. Janice Ian. Oh, Janice. Janice, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, she looked really bad in this movie. Which, that's like good job like she was supposed to be so they did a good job with the makeup and everything and they turned somebody who is really really attractive into somebody who's like she looked like a she looked like a younger version of pamela adlon no idea who that is uh she does the voice of one of the rugrats and she was in californication for like seven seasons all of the oh. show basically was she in the first rush hour i don't know i'm looking that up okay the one who's the bomb disposal person that's she's charlie's run she's charlie runkle's wife in Californication, that's my that's the best role that I know her for. Oh shit, I sent you in Portuguese. Oops, I think. <laughs> so, Dace, you uh, think Lacey is the top of the line, right? 
Absolutely. I fell in love with her when she did Lost in Space, and that movie was terrible. Who do you <laughs> think's the best actress of the bunch? Actress? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Rachel McAdams, because I would hope she's not that much of a bitch. Exactly the notes really that bitch. I have down. <laughs> If she's I, really that much of a bitch, then uh, that's just typecasting. I, I literally no, she, she's done she's done other movies where she's totally totally the opposite, and mm. she's a great actress. My notes down for the three things that you just uh, mentioned, I have down: Lacey Chabert is the hottest, but Rachel McAdams is the best actress of the bunch. And then there's a note about what happened with the production of this whole thing. Lindsay Lohan was originally going to be Regina, but she decided, I don't want to play the mean girl because that might hurt my career. <laughs> oh god the irony so they went with Rachel McAdams and the I think it was the director it might have been one of the producers I can't remember right now off the top of my head and write that down somebody was like well you gotta get a nice girl to be the mean girl so that's why they put Rachel McAdams in there well here, here's the thing I don't think Lindsay Lohan could have actually pulled off being play, playing that kind of a more dramatic role if you will than just being like all nice and like, hey guys, I'm the new girl and what's up? And now I'll you know. give her credit. I think she wasn't that bad in this. No, she wasn't bad. It's just I don't think she could have pulled off a Regina George. No, she wouldn't have. Mm-mm. I mean, it was uh, the casting was fine for this movie. I think overall, I mean, there, a lot of the people were screen testing for different types of characters. Like um, Amanda Seyfried, she you know didn't go in there originally to play the character that she played and stuff like that. Apparently, Lacey was the first and like only choice that they had for um, what's her name in there? Karen. Something Wieners, right? Yeah. Oh, Gretchen. Gretchen Wieners. Um, so you know they they got their first choice with that and stuff like that. But I'll give Lindsay Lohan credit, much better than what I've seen her in a lot of other things. Yeah, this is her best movie as far as I'm concerned. One thing I didn't like about this movie, though, the voiceover work. Shit, you think I'd, I would have noticed that because I always Hers? notice that stuff. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan throughout the whole film, it's just kind of like, you know, oh, my first day is whatever, whatever, and I really like Oh, that film, stuff. I thought you meant like ADR and stuff. No, no, not just like the sound design, but the actual like storytelling okay, mechanism. Narrating, yeah, I agree. Did not like it a whole lot, and it really didn't help out all that much either. Like you could have shown things on screen and not had to tell me about it. What about um, liked, um the gay guy? What's his name? Damien. Do you guys remember him? Mm-hmm. Daniel Francesi. Yes, he was funny, especially that scene where he was in the girls' bathroom. And he's just washing his hands. like, <laughs> Yeah, oh my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now they have that. Everybody's suing over it. We can't let a guy in the girls' bathroom. Like, well, they did it in Mean Girls. He didn't get sued. <laughs> I've been to the girls' bathroom before. No big deal. And I've been in the men's bathroom plenty of times. Only because no someone's in the girls' bathroom. But, I don't know. There was a South Park episode where Cartman feigns some sort of handicap so that he can get a special bathroom for himself. I don't remember that episode. It was from last season. It was hilarious. And then I think Jimmy and Timmy start using it and then he gets pissed off. <laughs> I want my own bathroom at school. Oh, no, no, no. He, he pretended he was cross-gender to get his own bathroom. <laughs> there you go. There's a lot of and characters that stand out in this where they're, you know, a side character, but they make kind of an impression. Uh, Kevin, the mathlete rapper. He's awesome. I love that character. 
He is. You know, I heard that he was originally supposed to be, like, the character was supposed to be an Asian guy. But when they saw that actor, they had to rewrite it around him. So that whole character was written for to keep that actor. Huh. He was really good. Actually, technically, Kevin Napur is Indian, so he's still Asian. To what? You're talking about the math guy? Or, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his name but was supposed to be something else. And then they changed it to Kevin Napur so he could be a... An Indian guy. Yeah, they were going for a different type of Asian. They wanted, <laughs> yeah, well, Asian minor. Just, in, India equals Asia. Just, I, I had a, I had an Indian roommate, and he was just like totally like, dude, I'm totally Asian, man. Like, I don't know why they say like <laughs> that Asians are just That's like true. Chinese and Korean and stuff. That's and I'm a like, terrible yeah, impression. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Fuck it. They wouldn't Eastern Asian person. Yeah. <laughs> Every happy. culture hates everybody on this podcast between Dangerous Minds and something <laughs> they hate about you and this. Yeah, oh, I, I will not I will not give my opinion on the on the looks of the ladies on this one. Oh, why not? No, no, no. I've uh, I will go too far. <laughs> I have no comment. I like oh, you don't need exactly. exactly. We have a we have we have a we have a you know a a, a lady, you know, in the, in the in the panel, so. You mean to tell me you're not going to tell me who the hottest is, Brianna? I wouldn't imagine. She, Brianna, it's why don't Neil you? Flint. It's Neil Flint. Say Neil Flint. I talked about my unhealthy obsession with Heath Ledger. That's as far as I can go. And Neil Flint. But I will say that I think that Lindsay Lohan is ugly. Oh, duh. Now, no. then, or both? Both. <laughs> she's just, it's, I don't know. This is I the best she's ever looked, I think. Damn it. So after this. I want to speak, but I will not. <laughs> so here's a little note that I wrote down that I don't know if you guys paid attention to, but it bugged me so much. There is a whole running thing where she's got to wear pink. So she's wearing a pink polo. Okay. I no want big... my pink shirt back. Was it? What? I just quoted the movie. You don't remember that? I, I didn't hear what you said. I just oh, heard... I said I want my pink shirt back. Oh. <laughs> That the weird oh, yeah, thing it was the, this, it was the it was the guy right the gay guy. The I weird thing about sad. this though is she's wearing the pink polo and it's something that stands out, but it goes on for way too long in the movie, to the point where they're in math class twice, they go to the mall twice, and they hang out at the house of uh, the Regina's house, all the plastics, and it's supposed to be one day. So wait, they went to math class went to all their other classes, went back to math, went to the mall, hung out at her house, went back to the mall again, and it's not even night. Maybe it was another Wednesday. Maybe. I don't know. It just seemed really weird to me like that they couldn't... Well, I mean, the movie spans on, like, what? Like, almost, a, like, a whole year? Yeah. So... But it's just like they, there was no transition to it. Like she didn't change into something else and then go back to wearing that again. It, it threw me off so much because I was just like, where is the placement in this? And I don't know if it's a deleted scene that kind of like separates it. I don't know if it's something that they didn't even pay attention to. Like they were just like, let's just film, you know, because I didn't pay attention to what the other people were wearing. Yeah, no, the pr- either, it's probably but, uh, an editing error. Most, most likely. But that threw me off. And that was one of the times in the movie where I was just kind of like, you know, this isn't as high like of attention to detail as I was kind of hoping that it would be not that these films are supposed to be like you know Oscar winning or whatever but I was really starting to lose this film at that point and then the constant voiceover work was something that was bugging me and I didn't like 
the two friends that much. Lizzie Kaplan's character and um, Daniel Franzese. You uh, didn't like them? I wasn't too into them because they were like weird for the sake of weird. They would have been good in the, the Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> That's true. Maybe. Maybe a little overbearing. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. But uh, I mean, they, they're all. I mean, they're almost. Per- I mean, they are perfect for the for that kind of environment. Uh, but I gotta say, one of my favorite parts about this movie uh, is one of the very opening lines when he's talking about uh, Tim Meadows is talking about my nephew Amphony. He's just mad that the kid's name's Amphony. He's <laughs> 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 like, all right. <laughs> I like Tim Meadows. He's winning me over here. Always liked him on SNL. He's funny, yeah. Um, something that I'm going to spoil a little bit here for when I say my favorite scenes and least favorite scenes and stuff like that. Do you guys feel the same way that I do? That there are a couple really cheap jokes. Like, did she need to be Gretchen Wieners? <laughs> or when they're doing the voiceover and they're walking really slowly and Lindsay Lohan falls into a trash can. I'll say this over and over and over again. My least favorite type of a joke is slapstick, where it's just like, wouldn't it be funny if they fell? Well, I figured that was just her name, Gretchen Wieners. I didn't think they were trying to make a joke out of it. Get your mind out of the gutter. Well, I got a little bit to back me up here. That scene where they burst in and she's making out with that other kid, I think his name's like Kevin or something. Oh, no, that's Kevin. Kevin's the the rapper guy. Who's the other guy? The um, the kid who tries to say, Did "You ever get your muffin buttered?" Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think the one that she Gretchen was like. Super oh, into. right, right, right. Um, Jason is his name. Uh, the scene where she is making out with him and they get caught. Originally, she was supposed to be giving him a blowjob. So that's probably where why they named her Gretchen Wieners. Huh, that's interesting. And I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, why don't you name a character like Jimmy Boobs or something? It's like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Tits. But that's actually another one of my least favorite jokes in the whole thing. The dog chewing on A.B. Polar's boobs. (laughs) Didn't make me laugh. I mean, you think if a dog chewed on those things, it would, like, rupture it. You don't let dogs chew on your plastic surgery work. Maybe here's the thing uh, about the movie. Here's the thing about the movie. It could have, I mean, it had the potential to be an actual, a, a real movie. Like if it had not been comedy, if it had made a drama, this movie might have actually made some sort of history. Like, That's wow, true. that movie, that one movie where they had, that, where the four girls are really mean and they actually do like mean stuff. And, and they uh, learn. They, they, yeah, they turn an innocent girl, you know, the innocent girl beca- has to become that in order to survive the whole social pressure stuff. And they could have made a really good movie, but they fucked it up. They fucked it up big time with this bullshit SNL stuff. See, and Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan would have been, no, I fucking hate Tina Fey. I mean, she's all right in her <laughs> 30 Rock stuff and Saturday Night Live. But this movie had potential. That's why I, I saw it. When I saw the shitty jokes, I was like, oh, no, man. And Lindsay Lohan, she, I think she could have. I mean, maybe she could have. Who knows, man? Maybe she would have turned her life around. If, if this movie had been a serious movie, she would have been offered, like, credible roles. She wouldn't have been just the pretty face to put on some dumb, like, kids movie or whatever. You know? you, you never, I mean, it's just the other actresses went out to do great stuff. Rachel McAdams is, is great. Amanda Seyfried is great. I don't know about Lacey Chabert much, but uh, the cast is really good, <laughs> except for the Saturday Night Live stuff. T- 
Tim Meadows is fine. But the yeah, the stupid slapstick stuff. I mean, they they accidentally went with the let's make a chick flick for teenage girls kind of thing. It was just it, it, they fucked it up so bad. This had a lot of potential. Now, Dace, what you said that you love the movie, you find it a lot funnier than you thought you were going to and stuff like that. Do you tend to like the jokes that are like that, or are those just kind of the ones that are like, yeah, they're not that funny, but the rest of it is? Well, you know better than uh, these guys on the panel do because we tried to do a comedy group. I thrive on slapstick. When I get hurt, people laugh their ass off. So I, I have the Chris Farley tendency. So when people fall in trash cans and when they do stupid jokes like that, I die laughing. I'm a child. <laughs> I, I have a pea-sized brain and I laugh at stupid things. Um, get me a fart machine. I'll walk around the mall and just keep making people fart. That's what right, I now, do. Now I'll admit, fart machines are funny. Right? Because right? farts are always funny. Um it's just the movie that I just found myself on, like just the one-liners and the like, the quips and just the shit they're saying to each other. It's like, yeah, I say that shit to people I know, um, and I walk into shit all the time. I have lived in my house for twelve years, and I will never figure out the hallway into my bedroom because every time I come out, I clip it. If they move the house two centimeters left, I'll never hit the wall. But for whatever reason, I clip it on the way out. So yeah, I laugh at that shit all the time. What's your standout joke? Like the funniest one that you just, you fucking died. Uh, uh, off the top of my, well, the rapper at the, the Geek Fest thing, he, anytime he was on the screen, I died laughing. Mainly because of one friend that I know that we have, and I just thought of him. So anytime I saw him, I went, ah, nom, nom, nom. That's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that makes me laugh the hardest at movies is when I relate to things. If, if you know me as a person, if you see me on the street, if you talk to me, if you know why I'm doing fantasy football right now, it's because I saw something on TV and I'm going to try and recreate that in my life. And then usually it does not come anywhere near what it's like on TV. And then it's funnier. So I take those moments and relate them to uh, what happens to me. And a lot of that stuff in high school, yeah. It it makes sense and it's stuff that has happened. So anytime they would say like a joke about like oh she's a whore or something, I know whores, so I laugh. <laughs> Who yeah. would you identify the most with when it comes to the film? Like where would you be placed? Kind of if you had to be one of these characters. Sadly, I'd probably be the fat gay guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gay. I am a little fat, but I mean I, I make jokes like that and fire back at people really sarcastic and snot, uh, snotty like. Um, and I never really was a part of the type of popular clique. So I was the I was the guy that everybody knew, but at the same time just was fucking weird. And that's how I identify with him. That or Neil Flynn, because I just associated him with the janitor from Scrubs. Totally. <laughs> I was surprised when he popped up. I was just kind of like, yes, Neil Flynn's in this. I hope he does a bunch <laughs> yeah, of shit. But he, but he, yeah, but he wasn't sarcastic. Oh, no. As I would have hoped. And, to be honest, that's probably 50% as to why I pick it up. I picked up the movie to begin with. Neil Flynn was in it. So it's like 50% really hot chicks, 50% the janitors in a movie. I have to see this. The only reason I bought Indiana Jones 4. I haven't seen the other three, but I bought Indiana Jones 4 because Neil Flynn's in it. <laughs> Brianna, what are your thoughts on how it portrays women in this? Did you experience any of this kind of stuff in high school? No. My high school was really nice. <laughs> we did, like, the, our junior year, everybody voted for, like, the class nerds for homecoming, homecoming court. We didn't have, you know, our queen bee up there. We had a really nice high school. And I was not part of any of these cliques. I just, I couldn't relate to any of it at all. 
I felt really bad, but I don't know. If there are girls out there that are really mean like this, it's horrible. But I never met one. I've never met a mean girl, I guess. Maybe I was the mean girl. I don't know. You know what? A lot of times when uh, this happens sometimes, like, inevitably, because of all the movies and all the stuff that comes out of America, people ask me, man, is America really like this? Are people really like this in America in high school and stuff? And I'm like, "Eh, dude, not really. But I do remember one thing. I don't know if it's because I was in a in a brat school with a bunch of military kids, but oh man, here comes another lawsuit. <laughs> they were assholes, man. Like the younger, the more assholes. Like the high school kids were fine. Like they were nice and stuff, and uh, you know they had some sort of volunteer work in school, and um, and the you know, the more metalhead, the older, the nicer the kids were. It was weird. But in my class, everybody was a fucking asshole. See, I gotta say, I, I don't know why. I know just... what they were going for with some of these, but I never, you know, I can't pick apart certain people that were the plastics, and I can't pick apart, especially who were the cool Asians. <laughs> I always liked that group in this. That was one of my That's favorite. That's probably jokes. me. <laughs> the cool Asians group. Cool Asian. I can pick but up. But I some do not Marjorie. sleep with Coach Carr. <laughs> <laughs> I could pick out some that slept with one of the coaches too, so I, I'm very identifiable with this movie. You're gonna have to text me those. Um. Yeah, it, it was me. You know, I, I slept with uh, uh, Coach Blackinson. Uh. <laughs> so my math teacher in high school, he did get fired because he was partying with us. So maybe that's our Coach Carr. <laughs> There's your Coach Carr. <laughs> I wish we would have had a principal like Tim Meadows. Oh, we had some really angry little dwarf. And he's just kind of like, oh, my carpal tunnel's back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which apparently that wasn't a joke written in the whole thing. That was just something there. He broke his hand before they filmed. So they just needed to have him in a cast. And it was just like, <laughs> what do we make a joke about? Carpal tunnel. You know? <laughs> I dug that. I, I think I would have liked a Tina Fey if I would have had a teacher like that in high school. I also got a little bit of I had such a hot teacher. She's an inspirational teacher. I had a hot teacher in school. I had some inspirational teachers, but I never had one that was hot. Yeah, me neither. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Having a hot teacher is kind of weird because you don't pay attention to what you're supposed to. Oh, my brother swears to God there's one there that still wants him to this day. <laughs> and I just remind him that, hey, you're 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 Justin. Nobody wants you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you caught one. You stick with that. You you stick with her. No teacher wanted you. You didn't. You came to school four days out of your four year career. So there's no way that you would want you. So, wow, that's fucked up. So, what do you he guys is. think about the idea that they twisted this at the end with Regina gets hit by a bus of all <laughs> things? God, again, like this is exactly what I'm talking about. There was no need for such a like. Okay, a little slapstick, I get it, right? Okay, it's a, they made it a comedy movie, that's fine. But why make it so dumb? Like they could have make it a little, they could have made it a little more intelligent. Like Regina gets hit by a bus, like ugh. I died laughing. It, it, that was so <laughs> random. That was just so random. Yeah, I, I get it. It's just... Ugh. And that's magically changed her somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm a new person. Well, I know a few people need to get hit by a bus now. If that gives you a life-changing... <laughs> that the, No, that really changes That really changes anyone. Are there are any of them on the panel? No. Is it, is it three of them? <laughs> Hopefully not. No. <laughs> So let's go around here one more time. Let's talk about some favorite 
least favorite parts, and our ratings uh, 0 to 10. I already kind of went through mine, so I'm going to just throw my rating out there. 5.5. I was disappointed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, I do like this better than Dangerous Minds, and maybe I would bump it up to a 6. Kind of depends. Um, I wrote that right after I got done watching it, where I was expecting it to like it more. So if I went back and watched it again, I might give it a little bit of a boost up, but no, it doesn't match up with 10 Things I Hate About You, as far as I'm concerned. Days, I know that you're on a much higher end of this. What would you give it? What's some, uh, what are some things that we didn't talk about that you want to bring up? Uh, I'd give it an 8.5. Um, two favorite scenes. One where Lindsay Lohan starts trying to turn the two uh, Regina's two friends against her, and they're just stupid, beyond stupid. Um and as she's trying to explain, like anytime Lindsay tried to explain something to those two, it 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 made me giggle. Uh, and the second favorite part of it is when they're all in Santa outfits. Um, that went into the memory bank for Lonely Nights. And yeah, memory least, bank, right? Huh? Not the other type of bank. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a personal one. Rhymes with bank, starts with SP. So. The least favorite uh, thing probably would have to be anything to try to teach me something. <laughs> I don't want to learn lessons when I watch movies. <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to do as a person. I choose to ignore it. And you have no idea how hard it is to ignore morals and things like that to be a person that I am today. So stop trying to teach me stuff, movies. Brianna, what's your rating and what are the other things you want to bring? Yeah, bring I'm gonna to a six. Because even though it was kind of stupid, uh, the acting was still really good. You know, Rachel McAdams did a really awesome job. And then, of course, Tim Meadows. I liked him. And then Damien, my favorite. Um, least favorite part of the movie. Gosh, I don't know. There were just so many part scenes I thought it could do without. But I did really like Damien and all of his scenes. And his infamous Glenn Coco scene. That's just something like you can just say Glenn Coco to somebody and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. And, uh, yeah, six, but uh, probably more of a six because it has that sort of nostalgic factor to it. Cause you know, it's been around for so long and I've seen it quite a few times and that's all. Eddie, what are the other things that you want to talk about with me and girls? And what is your rating zero to 10? Well, this podcast has been uh, offensive enough, so um, I'm not going to say what my high point of the movie was. However, I'll say that the low point was ju- just the awful comedy. It just it didn't fit. It was a wasted script. I think it was a wasted opportunity because the cast was really good. I think Brianna said it well. Uh, I think the actors were great. They did what they had to and more. Um, because of that, I give the movie a four. I'll give it a lot lower, but I saw the potential and what it could have been, and uh, I think four is fine. I'm going to assume that your favorite part is when that woman says that she's got a wide-set vagina. <laughs> no, no, my favorite part is actually uh, – technically, it's not – She can't help like, it. She has a wide-set vagina. <laughs> I suppose, but no, that's nothing to do with it. It's the Santa outfits. I'm telling you, they're amazing. No, no, it's to do with the cast. It's the – it's the, it's the girls. Dirty thoughts? Go there. Oh. Eh, not that dirty. Define yeah. d- 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 dirty. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, eh, it's maybe not conservative. You know what Tony, I mean? Tony, what's our rating? Is it X? Uh, what, for the podcast? Yeah. I don't think we have a rating. Were you okay. 
it's really dirty then. So, I mean, we could do a whole sideshow of what I'm thinking. My brain is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we totally could, man. Because, I mean, I would like, I would give a finger to do what I want to do. <laughs> oh, I'd give I'll give my too. I would give my right ring oh. finger. I'll give my right ring I thought finger. you meant you went to do something with your finger. I don't know. No, I'll give my it. right ring finger to what That's I want. That's the way that she'll take it too. I'll use the whole damn hand. I just <laughs> Plus it'll match Assassin's Creed, which is cool. <laughs> Before this gets too crazy, we're gonna end this part. And we're going to continue on with our final section for this episode of the Movie Club, which is going to be the perks of being a wallflower in part four. Check us out in the next part. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the final part of the For Real Movie Club. We've gone through Dangerous Minds. We've talked about 10 Things I Hate About You. We talked about Mean Girls. And we are on the final section here, the perks of being a wallflower. Now, this is a 2012 film that's not only written and directed by Stephen Chbosky, Probably not saying that correctly, but it sounds like that's right. He also wrote the novel. Yes, all four of these movies based off of novels. And this is the situation where the guy wrote the novel, the screenplay, and directed the film. So if anybody's going to know how to translate something, it's going to be the writer. <laughs> and, uh, uh, correction. Just quick correction. Uh, Ten Things We Hate About You was about a, was based on a play, right? Uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. There you go. Technically, yeah. Because in, in The Perks of Being a Wallflower... Uh, Paul Rudd's character says that Shakespeare never wrote novels. Ha! Uh-huh. I Bring learned something. See, Chris Dace, you gotta learn shit. You gotta learn your shit, man. Oh, I learned nothing at all, whatsoever. You know nothing, Chris Dace. I couldn't make it to this. Sorry. So that's your first impression as you shut it off. Okay, so let's see. If I wrote some, I wrote a book, and that book sucked, and then I went and said, hey, I'm going to direct a movie and produce it, you, it's still turd. So <laughs> you can't cover a turd. Yeah, like I I made a dookie in the toilet and then took it to Hollywood and just threw it at the screen and everybody's like, "Oh, this is great. It's a hipster oh, god, it's this movie. <laughs> this movie." <laughs> I couldn't get through it. It's so like I don't care. I don't I hate uh it's so bad. I hate it. It hurts my brain. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what is going to be his least favorite film in the whole thing. <laughs> the first one. Stand by me. <laughs> Stand. Eddie, what was your first impression of Perks of Being Wallflower? Uh, I just wanted to see Emma Watson, and I ended up with a... This is one of my favorite movies ever. Of all time? No! <laughs> yeah, I promise you. I'm giving this movie a 10 already. What? Wow. I can, re- I can relate to it. I can, dude, I'm sorry. I can, I can totally relate to it. That's the thing. So we got two opposite ends of the spectrum. Brianna, what do you think? Well... I'm conflicted. Come to you the know, dark side. <laughs> you guys are going to have to persuade me one way or the other. Okay, first off, Emma Watson. You know, I love her. I loved her in Harry Potter. But I could not see her as a slutty slut slut bag that she was in this movie. So it's hard to get to that side. But on the other end, the main character, the guy, I forgot his name, Charlie. Logan Lerman's character? Yeah. He was a, he, he was a really well-developed character. Um, just the whole depression and suicide stuff. I thought it was really good. And it's a really good teen movie, but it was really long. It's a really long movie. I got kind of bored towards the end. But, you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle. See, it. I, I kind of look at it as this is a movie that I thought I was going to really, really hate kind of the way that Dace does. I don't like hipstery kind of things. You know, if there's a 
person that comes out there and it's like, I'm so different, but it's good that I'm different because that makes me special. Usually I go, no, you're fucking weird and you're forced to be different because you're weird. Like I have had so many arguments about like gothy people and that kind of stuff. So, you know, the idea of the perks of being a wallflower to me is just kind of like, uh, but that being said, I liked the movie. I liked it quite a bit. And I was surprised at how much I liked certain characters and some other characters that I didn't like. And, um, you know, we're going to get into casting and stuff like that. We just talked a little bit about it, but let's continue on with that thread. Main character is Charlie, played by Logan Lerman, who I don't think I've seen him in anything before. But I've heard his name thrown around constantly when it comes to, like, fan casting. Oh, he'd be a great Spider-Man. He'd be great for this. He'd be a great Nightwing or Tim Drake or whatever like that. Never really knew exactly what the, you know, validity of that was. I like this kid now. He won me over. And in particular, he won me over in the scene where he's high and he just flat out throws out there, yeah, my friend shot himself. I was just like, whoa, huh, okay, shit, this kid's a good actor, and I didn't see this coming. And I felt bad for the kid. Like, throughout the whole film, I actually wasn't hating on him like I thought that I would. At the very beginning of the movie, I'm sitting there thinking, this is going to be one of those pushover type of kids where I'm just like, stand up for your fucking self, goddammit. But I bought into it. I really liked Charlie. That's a Every character of this whole thing I boiled down to I liked Charlie the best what do you guys think what was your favorite character I know this is a struggle for you Dace but did you like any of them <sighs> well <laughs> no I tell you who I hate the most <laughs> alright tell me who you hated the most then. Charlie you little bitch <laughs> god I know I, this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, and I'm sure, you know, if this there's a video that goes down, it's going to be done. I was rooting for him to kill himself, too. <laughs> he would have been with his best friend again. Everybody the movie, Yeah, the movie would have been over a lot quicker if he had just, you know, 30 minutes say that, ah, I'm done. Or take a great twist and become Casper. be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great, man. The perks like of being a friendly one. ghost. I just, I, I feel like I. it's very hard for me to get into a movie that's drama and romance and just, it just was so bad. I didn't like it because, I don't know, I just didn't like it. And it's because of the hipster vibe. Like, I, I, this is where it specifically defines me as a person that I'm a dick and do not care about these people. Now, I'd say if it wasn't Charlie, then my other favorite character is Paul Rudd's character, the teacher. Did you hate him? See, I don't even remember him in it. I didn't get very far because this whiny ass just, oh, God. So and then fake Flash. I, I, I walked into this with a chip on my shoulder what? because he shouldn't be Flash anyway. So that's kind of. Yeah, Ezra, Ezra Miller, Miller is going to be the Flash. So I, I had a huge chip oh. on my shoulder when I walked into this anyway. So, I, I mean, I'm sure if I watched it through, all the way through, I probably would like Paul Rudd. I Never hate Paul Rudd. How can you hate Paul Rudd? It's Paul Rudd. Love that oh, man. I love Paul Rudd. See, he's cool. How can you hate Paul Rudd? Do you have an unhealthy obsession? I do. Uh. <laughs> I have an unhealthy old man obsession with Paul Rudd. So who was your favorite character? Hey, you know, for the uh, <laughs> fact of that, your least favorite, too. 
Brianna. What? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I really like Charlie. I thought his character was really complex, but I don't know. Out of all of the movies, I think I identified high school wise with this one most, but probably because I was so weird in high school. Um, so I really like Charlie. I didn't care much for Sam, and I think I already explained why before, just because her character was so different from what I normally see her as. I had a hard time going, crossing that threshold with her. And yeah, I kind of agree with you. I don't really see her as being, like, the big slut. No. No, she just needs to be a nice girl. She needs to stay in nice girl territory. And then, yeah, Paul Rudd. I really like him, but I like anything that he's in. So you can't go wrong with Paul Rudd. Eddie, what about you? What are your favorite and least favorite characters? Yeah, I think Charlie uh, was probably the best. He's just, he's very credible, you know. He's very real. And um, as far as the worst, uh, I don't know. I don't really care for uh, maybe Joan Cusack. Oh, I always hate Joan Cusack. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I, I can't. Like I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to hate her. It's just there's something about I don't her. hate her. I I don't hate her. It's just you don't strike me as a somebody who should be in a movie. You know what I mean? No, I know what you're talking about because Joan Cusack in every movie to me kind of has that feeling. Like I would have liked the character better if it wasn't Joan Cusack, and she doesn't necessarily do a bad job or anything like that. It's just there's something that irks me about her. <laughs> so it's probably the same thing for you. Yeah, pretty much. So, I gotta say my least favorite character, because I said, you know, to my two favorite characters. Least favorite? Nina Dobrev's pussy boyfriend. He is such a tool. A whole, oh, the mixtape cover is (laughs) hand-painted. Fuck you, dude. I hate people like that so much. Right, oh, God, those people. And the, uh, the college douchebag... Poetry writes me. Jesus Christ. That's oh, fucking man. lame. But see, that's actually one of the things I liked about this movie was that those two characters who are my least favorite types of people, like, I mean, there's a lot of other people that I hate. You know, I hate people that are mean to dogs. I hate people that are hypocrites. I hate people that Sure, are... but do you see why this movie is so awesome? Like, the people are so real. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you can bring out, you know, you could do a movie about racism and it's like, yeah, racist people are terrible. Or you could do a movie about, like, uh, any, any, yeah, uh, Nazi oppression or something like that. And be like, yeah, they're terrible people and stuff like that. But very rarely are you able to pull off, these are normal people that are just annoying as shit. And when you see people like the chubby, well, she's not like fat or anything, but like the, the best friend who's a Buddhist, who's kind Mary of, Whitman. is that her name? May Whitman? Yeah. The actress. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth. Yeah. Her type of character, I'm just like, oh, I hate her so much because she's – I know people like her. The whole I'm a Buddhist and I'm going to date this guy in college who's deep and has intellectual debates, so I'm going to start wearing my glasses now. And Oh, man, that that made me crack up seeing her character because I was just like, that's so fucking dead on. I know so many people that are like that and all of them fall into the same stereotypes. Again, this is this is why you don't see movies like this very often. Like where you just they just capture a perfect social study on what people are really like. Because Charlie is kind of like this epicenter of 
despite his whole uh, trouble, you know, past and stuff, it's just this epicenter of um, where he, he just watches. Mm-hmm. He does nothing. He just watches. Everybody else is doing something, though. Everybody else is being a stereotype or, or not or trying to be weird or something, but he's just observing. It's like really he, uh, you know, and according to the study, I mean, study, Jesus Christ. according to the story, he goes on and writes a book, and it's kind of like we're in the book already. He's just narrating. He's not really that active in it. Yeah, it's easy to put yourself in Charlie's shoes, but totally. I I loved the, how they played around with those kind of characters. I thought that was great. Um, we talked a little bit about music for different parts, like the Gangsta's Paradise stuff, and we talked about the singing scene with Heath Ledger, and we didn't really talk about music when it came to Mean Girls, but that's, you know, it's not a big thing of that. I gotta say, a nitpicking part for me, one of my least favorite parts of the movie, and it's really one of the things that helped make the whole story so I should have, you know, hated this because of it. The tunnel. Did no, you... dude, I totally, I totally, I totally fucking get it. I totally get it. Does fucking that brilliant. resonate with you, or do you? Yes, do you mean it does. You get because it? I mean, I get no, I get it because like, here's the thing. I romanticized a lot about like the perfect moment with the perfect girl and the perfect, you know, whatever. Um, when I was high school, because I was always like moving around a lot. Like every two years or so, I'd be in a different school for so much. And, you know, to finally have, like, find a couple of people that you really enjoy being with. And then this is magic moment where you kind of, you know, you're either a little drunk or high. I never got high, but, you know, whatever. Um, and then, like, you know, your friends are just driving and you're going nowhere. You're just like, fuck it. Let's just go. You know, and like, then you're blasting your favorite song on the radio. And then for some reason, you just decide, like, you, t- you, you want to take a picture of that moment and you're never going to forget it. That feels so fucking good. See now, I mean, it's this is where I get my criticism for. I know the moment, and seeing it on screen of what somebody else's moment is, I couldn't connect to it. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, I didn't necessarily connect to that particular uh, action going on with you know spreading your arms on the in a tunnel, right? But I'm sure you get a rush from it. Yeah, it's cool and all. It's just. To capture that in a movie is not easy. It, 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 the credibility is also very hard to catch. And I still think they did it. Brianna, are you more on Eddie's side of things where it, you've kind of felt the moment or are you more on me where he's like, I feel infinite and you're like, that's kind of lame and this music sucks? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I No, actually, I, I think... I think I'm more on Eddie's side. I yeah, really... tequila. <laughs> Feel infinite, always. Yeah, I just, I don't know. The movie brought back a lot of my own high school nostalgia, so I kind of, I, I felt it. I don't know, I connected a lot with this movie. Did you get to that part, Dace? Probably not. Quite a ways in. Is it where he grabs the sled and father tells him not to go out too late because it was getting cold and it was getting dark then he turns he still into a ghost. anyway yes i think that's that's where i was at <laughs> and then there's a wolf oh yeah that might have been it i just there's a machine yeah. lazarus machine there he's trying to come back and uh 
Pullman. And then Venkman comes. <laughs> Wasn't Robin Williams a bum in that one? I think he was a part? general, like Not a- Roosevelt. I'm way off. No, you're right. He was a general. He, you know, he got all the kids together to stand up on their desk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused. We're talking about the uh, the movie One Crazy Summer. <laughs> I thought we were talking about The Notebook. I thought we were oh. talking about Casper. All of the above. Yeah. Who? We can talk about whatever we want to be talking about. The One Crazy Notebook that Ca- Casper wrote about being a wallflower. Wow. Society. <laughs> So yeah, it was a great tunnel. It was one of those <laughs> fake ones where they paint on the wall and you run into it and it doesn't happen. Looney Tunes. <laughs> like Acme Tunnel comes in a box. <laughs> Damn Roadrunner and go through it, but the fucking wildy coyote couldn't make it. Bullshit. Talk about that. Let's talk about the oppression of coyotes. And then we'll be good to go. <laughs> Let's talk about something from the movie. <laughs> Let's ignore days and move on. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. With the movie being written and directed and the screenplay being written by the same guy, I think that probably had a lot to do with how well the critics liked this movie and how well people responded to it. Because it's very rare that you see a author get to write the screenplay. I mean, I think Gillian Flynn got to do it with Gone Girl. That's really the only other movie I can think of where an author has gotten to write the screenplay. Because, I mean, you know the characters, you know how it needs to be portrayed. So it probably had a lot to do with how well they received it. And to direct it, too. Oh, yeah, directing. I mean, God. So, you know, you get rid of that director influence on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who this guy is, but he's talented, whoever he is. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. Uh, He sounds like the type of guy that I've heard of before, but... Actually, looking at his... Most writers have these weird names, so they all sound the same. It's probably not his real name. (laughs) Yeah, let's find out. The uh, IMDb page for him, bring that up right now. Apparently, he's been involved in a couple of different movies that I've never heard of whatsoever. Oh, Jericho. Okay. Yeah, Jericho I've never seen. It's not bad. Jericho's pretty good. What are you saying, Days? He did Rent as a screenplay writer, and uh, it looks like he's going to be involved in the new Diver- the Divergent series with uh, with Katniss Everdeen. I uh, got I should stop. I should <laughs> with Casper. With Casper, I shouldn't be in a movie called. This is crazy. Uh, going through my list of notes here, a couple standout scenes that uh, popped up to me: the breakup scene with Patrick and the fight in the cafeteria. I like that scene quite a bit. It was a good way for Charlie to stand up. That's actually one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. He fucked those other kids up, and I felt so happy for him that he actually kind of, like, let loose and, you know, went a little crazy, won everybody back, and stood up for his friend and all that. You guys like that scene? I like that Sure, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to remember it. It's after Patrick has had that instance with uh, his boyfriend, his dad. Okay. Yeah, I know where it's at. That was a good scene. Another one of my favorite scenes is actually just, even the line itself, we accept the love we think we deserve. Dude, that totally hit the nail on the head. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. The 
Other line, I'm trying to find it that I had on my notes right here. Another line that I, I yeah, here it is, that I thought was a really good one. A little bit more of the movie magic kind of thing, but it makes a lot of sense. It sounds like the type of thing that I would say to somebody because I'm a little bit dramatic when it comes to that kind of crap, but uh, I want the first person who kisses you to love you. I like that a lot. That's not a direct one. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was uh, Sam saying that to Charlie, kind of giving a little bit of a justification for like, your first should be great. That kind of a thing. I like that. Nice little movie touch that I wish that that would be a moment that people could experience in real life. Yeah, man. Usually that that moment just makes you bitter as fuck 10 years later. A little bit. You know, that's what's weird about this. When we were going back and watching these movies, I've been in a very nostalgic mood lately. And I've been thinking a lot about high school and stuff just because, you know, we see a whole bunch of people starting school now. And it just, you know, comes up in your mind every once in a while. You see new people get married or whatever like that. And I'm kind of like, man, I wish I could go back and do high school again. And I liked high school. Like, you know, I had a lot of fun. Some stuff sucked, but it's that whole, if I knew then what I know now kind of thing. You oh, man. a lot better. Oh, it would be the best fucking thing ever. Like, ooh, it pisses me off. So that's why I like watching a movie like this, because you can see from other people's perspective that a lot of it's the same. And when you translate the characters, like the Mary Elizabeth character and stuff, and I'm like, that's funny that, like, Charlie's going through this part of the film where he's totally unrequited love. He doesn't know how to get it, uh, end of the relationship and stuff. And I'm like, man, I know I've been in a situation like that before. And if he could only know that this is how you get away with it, then like, <laughs> it's so good. I, I love that about this. Um, a lot of stuff like that resonated with me, but big question that I had with this, and maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. So you guys got to fill me in if I'm just a complete idiot. 42. Oh, that's what it was. Yep. Shit. End of conversation. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, <laughs> we had a great time. Though, he's writing a letter, and I'm assuming he's supposed to be writing that to his dead friend, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, it is. Did they ever reveal why the friend killed himself? He read the novel. No, I, they always kept that suspense. I just figure it's because he was like a depressed teenager. Like, is... The friend, somebody that he met through counseling? That's... It's never... It's never made clear. It's uh, it's just, you know, it's a that's all you need to know. It was the best friend and uh, that killed himself. And that, that I think that's it. Everything else is implied that, yeah, it was, it was just... It was a heavy loss and the reason is trivial. Because that, that never really matters afterwards. Good. I'm not a complete idiot then. Because I was like, if they didn't no, send no, no, this, no, no, don't worry about this. it. <laughs> like, but I was thinking that the whole time. I'm like, did I miss like one really important line here or something like that? Maybe but we did. but Maybe. I mean, if People listening to this, if you're listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, leave a comment uh, on either YouTube or our, our Facebook page or anything like that. Did we miss it? If we did... Fill us in, because that might change the way that we look at some of this. Um, but we do need to wrap this up and uh, just talk about some of the other little quick things that we need to throw out there. Uh, Brianna, favorite scenes, least favorite scenes, overall rating. What do you think? Um, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 7. And I don't really have any favorite or unfavorite scenes. It was It was all pretty good. 
I don't know. This one I have, I guess, the least opinion. I have least amount of opinions on. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a 7. Because it was good. It was really good. It, it, it was just really long. It was only 103 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it just felt longer to me. I watched it at midnight. <laughs> that might be that. shouldn't dock this for being long. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't. 7.5. There we go. <laughs> it gets bumped up an extra point five. Yeah. Days. I know this is going to be a low score, but I got to ask right. anyway. <laughs> so my high point is the credits. The low point, anything before that. I'm going <laughs> to give it a 2.5 because Paul Rudd is worth 2.5 points. So any movie I think that Paul Rudd's in it, add 2.5 to it. And that's uh, the score. That's the Paul Rudd system. Um, <laughs> so 2.5. Uh, if it had been Casper, it would have been an 8.5. <laughs> Eddie, what are your thoughts? Uh, for a variety of reasons, um, I will give it a 10. I thought the screenplay was great. I thought the directing was great. I thought the actors were great. I thought the story was well told. I thought the soundtrack was great. Uh, I thought the social study, you know, with the, the whole high school and college situation you know, there's a tension there, like, yeah, he has to say goodbye sooner or later, and I think they did a good job in portraying all of that. Um, my The high point is, if I have to choose a scene, it'll probably, probably be where Charlie punched out that jock asshole, and that kind of changed everything. You know, I've always wanted that, you know, like, big hero moment in high school, but that was never necessary, because... You know, I ended up really getting fights in high school. You <laughs> never yeah, ended it, up it, having to have a big Yeah, exactly. And there wasn't any group of jocks that deserved a beating. Maybe when I was younger, like when I was like 10, 11, that kind of age. Yeah, there were some kids that were fucking assholes. But, you know, yeah, I've always enjoyed that whole triumph. Like, don't fuck with me because you'll get yours. Um, oh, low point, I really can't. I don't know. It's... I, I want to choose one, but uh, it's kind of hard. I can't think of anything that would be low, you know. Uh, hang on. Do you hear that motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you can cut that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't picture a, a low point. I just, you know, I, you just, all you always wish for the happy ending. And I'm glad this one didn't necessarily have one. Well, it didn't have like an unhappy ending. I know, but still, like you totally want Emma Watson to end up with him. Because yeah. you know, like she's, the, she's she's like the trophy girl, and he's the nice guy, and you know. Don't they end up together? It's I mean, they're, they're kissing at the end. So, yeah, but it's. I feel like no, like it's it's a, just a fling, and she's gonna go on to something else. He's gonna go on to something else. That's true. You, I mean, you wouldn't write a book about your wife. Like, oh, I ended up with my wife, and I'm going to write about our adventures. That's not really how it works. You know, <laughs> if, you wrote a book, if you wrote a book, you know, so passionately about, uh, you know, your adventures with the, this and that person, it's probably because you're not with them anymore, or they're far away, and you rarely see them. It's like, write about us. I will. The day I yeah. met my wife, she said she was a total slut. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And... um and honestly, like Emma Watson is just super awesome in this movie. I don't know, like there's, there's every dude, everybody was awesome in this movie, everyone. 
So the Rotten Tomatoes scores were an 85 for the critics and an 89 for the audience. Roughly around the same kind of range that I would give this. I'd give it a 7.5, maybe an 8, depending on my mood, depending on if I would bump up Mean Girls. I'd have to bump this up too, maybe. Um, Favorite scenes, I mentioned about the fight in the cafeteria. That's definitely up there. Really liked, out of all the, you know, random shots, there's one of Charlie warming his hands by the luminaria. I just really like the way that they staged that and stuff, you know? No real reason otherwise. It's not, like, the biggest climactic moment of the whole thing or anything like that, but I just like the visual. Least favorite scenes, I do think that the I feel infinite uh, infinite comment is very, like, on the nose, kind of. I would have rather had something that's a little bit more of a metaphor or something like that, not just, I feel amazing, and, you know, like, that kind of crap. But that's not my least favorite part. Least favorite thing, and staff member Caitlin's going to hate me for this, I hate everything about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hey! Screw you, buddy! (laughs) I can't stand that. I've never seen it before, and I never will. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that thing? It's so popular. It's it's a part of world cultural heritage, and I'm like... What is this shit? Like, I don't get it. Like, in the movie, it fits because, yeah, it shows how um, how slack they are and how easygoing they are, you know, and being all like, yeah, it makes sense that they going with each other it. and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it, it totally shows how close they are. But that Rocky Horror Picture Show thing, I never understood that. It just it sounds like something that I don't want to watch because if I do and I don't like it, I'll be like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's not my thing. I don't get why people like it, but at the same time, that's because it totally is not in tune to my brain. So I can't shit on it because I don't know what the hell it is, but I don't like that I had to watch part of it to watch this movie. (laughs) So that is my least favorite thing whatsoever about this. I hope I never get a chance to, you know, watch another movie that has that kind of stuff in it or whatever, but... Grand scheme of things, I do like Perks of Being Wallflower. I'd probably have to rank these movies based off of the rankings that we did and all that. That Perks of Being Wallflower and 10 Things I Hate About You stand far above the other two. And then Mean Girls is something that I'm going to have to watch again. And that's probably the one I would recommend to a lot of other people, depending on their sense of humor and stuff like that. I don't think I'd be recommending Dangerous Minds to anybody. (laughs) But... That should do us in for our little review here for these four movies. We need to just talk about one more thing left, and that is the plug section where we promote anything that we need to tell you guys to be aware of that we've got going on in our worlds. Dace, hit us with some of your plugs. Hey, check out the Dace Man Show Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on megapowersradio.com, and check out the YouTube channel, which is www.youtube.com slash the Dace Man Show. Check it out. That's where we upload stuff. That was cool being a panelist. It's fun. <laughs> We're going to be back to hosting next month, right? Yeah. <laughs> not going to be as funny or drunk. Or, yeah. Eh, you still might be. I, I'll try. It, well, uh, yeah, probably not. Probably for the best. <laughs> Brianna, anything that you want to promote? Nope. Eddie's cutting in. <laughs> so here's how it goes. Uh, I would like to take this opportunity <laughs> to... Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm for real. I want to propose to Emma Watson. I uh, want to marry her, and uh, if she can hear this, uh, Emma Watson, will you marry me? No. 
She said no. No, she didn't say anything. It's not even out yet. That was yet. silent. That was a silent no. Nope. She didn't. Nope. Let her hear it. Let her say it. Oh, God. That was so good. Nope. I'm still hearing no. Nope. Let her say it. <laughs> I'm going to go on mute. I can't stop laughing. I'm crying. <laughs> I mean, this uh, podcast has been controversial enough, so I'll just leave it at that. Oh, Brianna, anything you would ever... <laughs> nope! I'm going to cut it How can I ever top that proposal? <laughs> no, I cannot. Alrighty, guys. Well, for my side of things, smartoutmoment.com is where you're going to find everything on the pro wrestling side of things that I'm involved in. You can check out outonlens.com, but honestly, I haven't updated that in a while, so I don't know exactly when I'm going to get around to that, because any time that I feel like being controversial outside of this podcast... I do the other podcast that we have, the All Talk Show, which you can find on megapowersradio.com live whenever we decide to do that, which is totally sporadic and random. But if you can't catch that live, you can also check us out on our archived editions, which is Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, etc., all at All Talk Show. Make sure you check out all the other things coming your way from fanboysanonymous.com, the review points of any films that we see coming up. Next month, we're going to be going to New York Comic Con. So, of course, we're going to be having footage about that and a little bit of a recap of what we've been doing when it comes to that. We're going to do another movie club next month. We're probably going to be doing Wes Craven films because, hey, Halloween, Wes Craven just passed away, unfortunately. Make it a whole lot think, uh, think about that. No other horror picture shows, especially Rocky ones. You bastard. <laughs> but any And of also next things? month, uh, Emma Watson answers my uh, proposal. Yeah, we'll see if that ends up happening. But if anything does end up popping up, of course, you can just check out our Facebook, our Twitter, and our website itself, fanboysanonymous.com, because you will see everything there. And I think that that'll be it for episode 18 of the Movie Club podcast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you share, subscribe, like, follow, favorite, and everything else like that. We will see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. At no point... In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? I'm too old for this. Good day, sir! You stay classy, San Diego. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm finished. That'll do, people. That'll do. Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! You're still here? It's over. Go home.